No Simple Road is stoked to have Sunset Lake CBD back with us as our sponsor. Sunset Lake is the real deal. If you've looked around trying to find CBD and it just didn't do what it was supposed to do, this is the place you need to go. They've got every kind of product you can imagine, including CBD tinctures with sleep gummies that are great for getting to bed, CBD gummy bears and reishi infused chews that can help bring you a little bit of calm in a stressful day. They've got salve. They've got smokable hemp flower that's great for folks like me that don't want to get stoned and paranoid, but want to have the benefits of cannabis. Well, now you got it. And they even carry CBD products for your pets, man. I'm saying this is Darwin approved stuff. Go over to sunsetlakecbd.com and check out the full range of what they have. This is Vermont grown right to your door and they're giving you 20% off. So put in the promo code NSR20 when you're checking out. You're going to get 20% off your whole order. And I know you're going to love it. They even have subscription options open for you. So you don't forget to get your medicine. Go check out Sunset Lake CBD, everybody. Wake up to find out that you should be on the beach April 19th through the 23rd down in Ventura, California for what? Skull and Roses, Skull everybody. Skull and Roses. Skull and Roses. <laughs> At the very famous and hallowed ground of the Ventura County Raceway Fairgrounds. What? And you know what? It's on the beach, just like Apple used to say. It's it five is. days of festivities, Grateful Dead, inspired music. It's a... Uh, it's a cornu- veritable cornucopia of a, deadhead A special love. 420 celebration. That's right. You know, if you're one of those people that likes costumes like Mel. Yeah, I there, love them. There's the Chinese New Year. There's the uh, Mardi, Mardi Gras. Gras. There's a whole, each day has a thing. Like Apple said, the 420 celebration. There's a new bigger shakedown this year. There's places for you to cool off out there. There's even, uh, if you were there last year, like the layout of the whole festival is different this year. So look. This is going to be amazing. We're going to be there. Dark Star Orchestra, Phil Esch and Friends, Boombox. Who Dark else? Star Orchestra. <laughs> I like Dark Star Orchestra. Yeah. Why can't we say twice. it twice? Circles Around the Sun. Garcia Birthday Leftover Band. Salmon. Dogs Latin in the Pile. Dead. Oh. Stu Allen and Mars Hotel. And a whole bunch more. Go to SkullAndRoses.com and grab your tickets now. There are single day tickets available, but hey, you should get the whole shebang so you don't miss out on any of the fun. It sucks to have FOMO. And I know when I haven't gone to this back in the day, I was feeling like I missed out. So don't miss out. Come hang out with us. Come hang out with the Grateful Dead family. Come get yourself some shakedown stuff, some goods, you know, from the lot and spend some time April 19th through 23rd at Skull and Roses. SkullAndRoses.com. There's a parking kitty, so why not have a venue llama? Why not? You yeah. should we, okay, that we do. You should check this out. It's a new site in the works by a couple of heads. Llama tell you about it. Ew. See, see what I did there? <laughs> oh, <laughs> I get it's it. called VenueLlama.com, and it's an online, online resource that provides live music fans with the insider venue info they need. So this is like the Yelp for venues, but done by heads. So like if well, you want, done if, by music lovers. Right. So like if you want to know how the security is at Hampton or like if you've been to Hampton and you know what the security is like, you can go to Venue Llama and put it in there and rate the venue. You can even like 
say where the sound is the best inside, what are great places to eat, Basically, what's a good place to stay. you're giving us tips and tricks on how to visit this venue. So VenueLama.com launches in late spring, but they're currently doing a sneak peek for No Simple Road listeners. Head over to VenueLama.com to sign up for your free Llama account to start rating and sharing your insider venue info today. Llamas can also list their favorite scene-friendly businesses, websites, or podcasts on the Venue Llama Friends page. And it's currently compiling its llama base with as much helpful information as possible on venues for the following upcoming tours, which is Dead and Company Fish, Widespread Panic, Billy Strings, and Goose. Head over to check out the exclusive beta version on Venue Llama today at VenueLlama.com forward slash NSR. Check this out. This is something that if you do any traveling or you go to any venues that you've never been to before, you're going to use this all the time. So please go over there and sign up for an account. VenueLama.com forward slash NSR. You'd be glad you did it. Trust me. Our Grateful Dead family is serving up some of the best food in the Portland area and the Denver area. Two locations in Denver, three locations in Portland, Fire on the Mountain. They're serving up the best chicken fingers, pizzas, salads, burgers and treats and amazing vegan options at all these locations and and listen if you go there and don't have dessert you're blowing it trust me when i tell you deep fried cheesecake deep fried oreos this is the best of the best you don't even have to get deep fried that um oatmeal cookie oh, yeah, that, that i had was amazing was so fucking it was good. for the table and <laughs> yeah you always got to get an oatmeal cookie for the for table, the table. <laughs> look here's the thing if you don't want to go eat like chicken fingers and french fries and onion rings They have plenty of salads. They've got amazing vegan options. And if you're not in one of these states like Portland, Oregon, or Denver, Colorado, where Fire on the Mountain is, you can go to PortlandWings.com. You can order sauces. You can get Portland Portland Wings. You can get Fire (laughs) on the Mountain swag. Uh, My head's all over the place right now. I don't know what's wrong with myself. You're thinking of chicken wings. I am thinking of chicken wings. So everybody, check this out. The Grateful Dead family puts love and intention into everything they do. Fire on the Mountain is no exception. When you go there, you're going to taste the love in the food. Go check it out. Fire on the Mountain. Speaking of the Grateful Dead family, our family over at Shop Tour Bus. Shop Tour Bus. Shop Tour Bus. Are creating some of the dopest Grateful Dead inspired merchandise on the online lot or the lot in the real world. It doesn't matter. They have the best shit in as I scroll and see all of the designs that they've done, the Let It Grow, the Ship of Fools, the other one, Loser, Shakedown, they are, each one is better than the last, and the last one was the best. That I have to agree with you, and my favorite thing about them is it's not too on the nose. If you don't know what we're talking about, go over to shoptourbus.com, and you can also check it out at shoptourbus on Instagram. But these designs are Grateful Dead songs told in the form of pictures. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, when you see it, you're going to be like, oh, that's really cool. And you know what else is really cool? It comes to you in a hand-designed, one-of-a-kind box or an all-over print box. It's up to you. you got to ask. And then it comes with all kinds of extras in there, too. And some of you are going to get a Grateful Dead bootleg. That's right. Your order. And you're getting free shipping. So put in the promo code NOSIMPLEROAD, all one word when you check out. At shoptourbus.com. They're going to give you free shipping. What Apple? Also, also, today is Friday. You have until the end of today if you want to get on there. They're doing spring cleaning, 30% off their hoodies. That's, look, these are the softest, oh my most comfortable hoodies on the planet. I'm not just saying that. Aaron's a hoodie addict, so I, he knows. Yeah, I have a serious hoodie problem. Well, and he got me a hoodie, and it was, 
it not was it is my favorite hoodie it's one it's like warm enough but it's also lightweight so it's perfect from the winter into spring so you have an extended life of wearing this hoodie there it is shoptourbus.com put in the promo code no simple road we're so excited to tell you a bit about today's sponsor music masters collective they are a nonprofit organization that produces unique music events, providing opportunities for fans and artists to meet and collaborate in an inspired and creative atmosphere. Music Masters Collective events give you the opportunity to learn from world-class musicians like Otil Burbridge, Steve Earle, Richard Thompson, former members of the band, the Milk Carton Kids, Nikki Glassby, the Fab Foe, and Sean Colvin, and so many more. At an event like the Milk Carton Kids Sad Song Summer Camp happening this July, you can expect immersive classes, evenings of entertainment, excellent food, and a space for a lucky group of folks to learn, co-write, workshop, and perform with like-minded peers, all with the guidance of Kenneth Pattengale, Joey Ryan, and some of their favorite songwriters. This all-inclusive week in the Catskill Mountains of upstate New York is guaranteed to be magical. Scholarships are available and spots are extremely limited. So visit www.sadsongsummercamp.com forward slash simple to learn more. That's www.sadsongsummercamp.com forward slash simple. Check it out. Hey everyone, Chris Pandolfi from the infamous String Dusters here to let you know that my podcast Inside the Musician's Brain is back on the airwaves for season four, which means it's time once again to get deep with influential musicians from all across the musical landscape to really understand and translate the lessons of success, failure, inspiration, and hard work that are behind the music and the artists that we love. My guests this season include Rachel Price from Lake Street Dives, Sam Bush, Chris Wood, Chris Funk from The Decemberists, Lindsay Liu, MC Taylor from His Golden Messenger, and more. Check us out, and thanks for listening. This is Mel, everybody. This is Apple. This is Aaron. How's it going, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of No Simple Road. Hey, now. No, no Simple, simple Road. road. <laughs> I like it, Mel. Why don't you record us a intro I theme will. music? Hook me up and I'll, I'll do it. I'll make you some like, like dope beats on, on uh, oh my garage God, band. Do you even, do you if even you rap, did a deep, Mel? Yeah, I sure do. What's your favorite What's your pizza? pizza? <laughs> <laughs> Plain cheese. Welcome to our inside <laughs> joke, everybody. No, welcome back yeah. to this week's episode with... The one and only Rob Koritz from Dark Star Orchestra. What, Rob, thank you so much for hanging out with us. What a fun time. Such a good time hanging out with Rob. I just was listening back to like the very beginning of the episode and it is impressed on me how comfortable we all were 
right from the get-go. This was like talking to an old friend that we hadn't talked to in a really long time. I feel like um, Rob made me realize it, but then I also started to realize it after that. I really enjoy talking to fellow podcasters on podcasts. Yeah, and it doesn't... It's, it's specific. They, they get, yeah, they it, get it. We're in the same mm-hmm. boat. And, and with him, it really impressed upon me how um, different a conversation is with somebody who podcasts and somebody who isn't. And that doesn't mean it's good or bad. It just means it's just different. Way different. I, I think that somebody that podcasts or has um, experience being interviewed understands the art of the non-two-word answer. Also. He was so articulate and thoughtful of his words and also knew like such a good listener. Yeah. I mean, clearly he's a musician, so he's an expert listener, but this is when even a, you know, a different way. And and here's the thing, like, I mean, this isn't the only reason we had Rob on, but the reason I reached out to Rob is because we're going to be seeing Dark Star pretty soon at Skull and Roses. Ooh, Skull and Roses. And here's the thing. Can we man, just take a moment to talk about Skull and Roses? Yeah. The the deal is, I, I know you guys just heard a commercial for it at the beginning of this, but you don't understand this festival is really, really special, man. Like this is our third time going back to Skull and Roses. That is special by itself. That yeah, That's true. And the venue itself is the Ventura County Fairgrounds, the Ventura Raceway, where the dead have played. Jimi Hendrix played there. This is like iconic, hallowed ground for our music scene. And what Skull and Roses has done there by creating this festival of all Grateful Dead music over this year, it's going to be five days, not four. It really does feel like back in the day, but updated. I don't know how else to like, that, yeah. is that a that, good way to explain it? Yeah, it is. So I mean, because it is nowadays when we walked in there our first year, it was kind of mind blowing the feel, Yeah, mm-hmm. the feel of it, the people that are there. It, it's, it's your grateful dead crowd. And yeah. See, I have like, never had an experience with that crowd or anything like that back then. But when I walked on that lot, it felt like that time, even though I didn't know, personally what it yeah, felt like it it, it, it it transports you is my point it was a big difference and i'm not this isn't throwing shade i'm just making a comparison like the way it feels on lot at a dead and company show as opposed to going to skull and roses this is there's a lot more old school heads well also it's, there's um festival versus not versus concert that's, that's always true. a huge different component so when you're going to see dead and company you're seeing a concert that night or an experience that night but when you're going to skull and roses this is five day event of continually being immersed in the culture and the music of it and so it really transports you to the time when everybody was feeling free and the music felt new and to have all these different versions of it oh my god and continuous day after day like it it's i wouldn't say it's like a relaxing thing i would say it's like for us it's different it's invigorating it's an invigorating festival for your spirit it's like it you know charges you up and kind of gets you ready for the summertime you know i'm stoked that we get to hang out with Wicked awesome again this year. I'm stoked we're going to hang out with so many of these incredible artists. And um, in a future episode, you'll also hear um, we have with Natalie Cressman. She's going to be part of the Phil and Friends um, two-night performance. And that's awesome. So we've got all these 
old um older musicians that we've talked to in the past we've got these new ones like rob and natalie and we are just super excited all of us as a group as it said to me too it is like we mentioned it is all about the setting too this is like grateful dead west coast california sunshine beach like the way it all started Mm -hmm. yeah for sure and it i mean we've all said it. it it really does like if you ever wondered what it felt like then you can come to this and you're going to have a great idea of what the whole thing is. There's camping, you know, there's a, the shakedown is bigger this year. Aaron, can I ask you what your favorite part of um, the whole experience of Skull and Roses is? Sure. You can ask. Will you give me an answer? (laughs) You can can ask. Um, I think for me, why are you being stubborn? (laughs) For me, I think the most exciting part of it is like, kind of what you just said, seeing how each band that comes on is going to interpret the music because it could be the same old thing over and over again, but at at this, it's not, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. You think, Oh my God, five days of grateful dead tribute bands, like cover bands, whatever, like, uh, but this is not that this is like, I thought it the first year going there and and you had your mind blown. Yes, I did. And it's like, you know, you're going to, you're going to have boom box doing like, you know, EDM style Grateful Dead. You're going to have the Latin Dead. Latin Dead doing it Latin style. You have the Grateful Brass. Grateful Brass mm. doing uh, and it's what's cool is like because there's so many bands and there's the catalog is only so big these guys are like digging deep into the catalog and not just that but like like the Higgs did that one year they played mm. a full, one one song what? for the whole set. <laughs> And that's the stuff that's exciting for me. What about you? Well, I think, I guess, similar to what I said earlier, is like the transporting into a time that is not familiar but feels old. Mm. You know, like Mm -hmm. it's the people dressing the way that they dress and the people like just co-mingling, everybody watching the dancing going on, the, the spinning it feels like an old Jay Blakesburg book. Oh, yeah. Come to life. Totally does. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it does. What about you, Apple? To, to me, it, it's, the, it's the venue. It's the way they have the bleacher. You never feel crowded unless you want to be, unless you want to get it right up front in the mix okay. of it all and everything. You feel like you have room the entire time. It's so fun just to walk around. Like, it's a festival. I don't, I don't think any of us stay in the, play, in the same place for very long. No, you want to like work the crowd and it's easy to go to each side of the stage to go to the back. There's so much going on. The lot is amazing. All the vendors there. It's just the the property is on. They couldn't have picked a better spot to do it. And I love when you want that because five days you get tired. It is perfect to go sit up in the bleachers and like survey everything and then stroll onto the beach too like yeah you can look back you see the beach you feel the beach and you're looking down you hear the music anywhere you go it's to that venue is is top notch and and here's the thing like dark star orchestra has always been super (laughs) special for this family like we we said to rob in the in the interview like when we would meet people that we like oh this guy needs to get turned on to the dead Dark Star was always the entry point that we would take them to. Like, well, we're bringing him to a Dark Star show, and it was always like a really special time for this family when when Dark Star would come to Portland and getting a chance to talk to Rob. So we we've spoken to Rob Baracco and um, 
we talked to um, Jeff, Jeff Matson, Jeff Matson, and now Rob Quartz. Yeah, and talking to all these guys individually has given me, but I would say us, a really uh, different perspective as to who's making the music. Yes, and and it makes sense after talking to the three of them why Dark Star is the way Dark Star is. Why they're so good. Why it's it, when I'm at a dark star show, if I close my eyes, the energy that's coming from the stage is grateful dead energy. Oh, yes. it's not dark star energy. That is, that's the grateful dead family energy. They are tapped into whatever that thing is that the dead were tapping into. It's, it's there. And I honestly haven't experienced that any outside of a dark star show since back in the day. And after talking to these guys, I understand why they're so like, thoughtful about and, the music and they they know they they know all the like master chefs they know all the ingredients it takes to go in it but it's got their flavor and their spin on it as well and it's a it's a trip to me like if if you don't know about dark star like they'll take a grateful dead show like i don't know any insert any date here 5877 let's say and they recreate that show and obviously it's not note for note but it's their interpretation of that style of the show for that night. And it's a trip to be in the audience and hear people like, Oh, this is a, this show is from 76. I know it for sure. Like, Oh, I know this is an 80 show. Like you can tell kind of by how the drums and spaces, what era you're in and how the guitar tone is. If you're nerdy, like we are, then you can kind of suss it out. But like, I've seen people like nail what show it is. Yeah, at not North, like during not the show knowing. and and then they'll always say at the end like this show was whatever this is one cool thing out of the conversation that i got was after all these years of like um you just put pre-covid like doing you know over like 200 shows or some crazy yeah. amount that rob actually feels like there's a work-life balance at this point in his career and that's not very common for a musician to say no that's all. a that's definitely like achieving a level of success personal success because yeah. that's he's saying that about himself and for himself and i really appreciate that because so many musicians we're talking to like they're up and coming and they're trying to achieve a certain level of success or or a, a not even a work-life balance yet but like success and then so so to reach success and then even furthermore now you've got to feel like you can actually be home and teach your kids hockey and be a coach and do the fun stuff with your wife on the weekend. That is a super cool thing mm-hmm. that he gets to one, live his dream two still turn people on to the music and three, go home and, and sleep in his own bed. So yeah, that's dope. That's Not right. Tuck the kids and then, in yeah. like he done that night. So kudos, Rob. All, that's really awesome. Also, this is very big year for them. This is to their 25th anniversary. Wow. Congratulations, guys. Doing this. Congratulations, DSO. You guys have kicked ass for a really <laughs> long time. Yeah. And you earn all the accolades and kudos. And it's, uh, yeah, congratulations on that 25 that, that's, amazing That's like years. half of our life. Yeah, they've been killing <laughs> it for a year, long yeah, time, man. Um, so, I mean, moral of the story, Dark Star Orchestra is awesome. Come to Skull and Roses. I guess we could have just said that and gotten you to yeah. the interview. <laughs> then, it wouldn't, then it wouldn't have been a podcast. <laughs> hey, welcome to Simple Road. Come to Skull and Roses. Dark Star's awesome. Here's our interview with Rob Quartz. Thanks. Um, let's <laughs> do the business. The business? 
Follow us at Instagram on what at Instagram. No, on. don't follow us at Instagram. Well, follow us on Instagram. Okay. At No Simple Road. Follow us on TikTok, Twitter, and Facebook. That's right. And at No Simple Road. At No Simple Road. And if you don't want to do any of those, how about nosimplerode.com? You could do that. You can get a tarot reading with the Grateful Dead Tarot Deck. Mel and I will do a one-hour Zoom call with you. We'll use the Grateful Dead Tarot Deck to read your cards, and then you'll get a personalized playlist based on the cards that we pull. You'll get a synopsis of your reading. You'll get an audio recording of it. It's it's like a whole package that you're getting. For, it's a hell of a package. In yeah. a bow. <laughs> with, I don't know if there's a bow. We could send a bow with the email. Okay, we could do that. And also... <laughs> At nosimpleroad.com, you can sign up for our newsletter. You can also get your great, uh, Grateful Dead. You can get your No Simple Road merch over there. If you want to do something really cool, go to patreon.com forward slash No Simple Road. There is a lot of stuff happening. The whole Patreon thing is exploding right now. Go to <laughs> patreon.com forward slash No Simple Road. Sign up for as little as a buck a month. You get access, early access and ad free stuff. So when we drop an episode, you get it a day early and ad free. You also get. Um, Sorry, I'm, I was what trying are you to doing over there. I was trying to see if we had any reviews. I, we, I looked it up. Not yet. That's what I not, wasn't trying to play no with my phone and be distracted. Yet. You also get. The side road episodes that Corey's been doing with Mel Apple and I, we also did um, an interview with weird fishes the other day. So there's a lot of content going up there. The discord server, if you sign up for five bucks or more a month, you get access to the discord. And, uh, let me tell you, that thing's popping off. Which I finally jumped on today. Did you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Connor was like, Connor was like, oh my gosh, Apple. I forgot what he said. But like, Apple's here. Hell yeah. Like, praise the Lord something. And this weekend, and this we, weekend we're doing our very first No Simple Road hangout. family hangout. Which I'm super excited about. I'm totally down for this. Tomorrow or today at 5 o'clock, we are doing a No Simple Road Patreon family hang. St. Patty's Day hangout. Come hang out with us if you're part of the no simple road patreon or if you're not oh. you still got time if it's before five o'clock on friday you can sign up and you can hop in also there you know we, we, thing. we got a new patreon this week what i put my money where my mouth oh, is hey. Apple signed oh, up and, I, and i joined Apple, it's like we wait why am name. i because mel did it a while it's like wait why am i not a chan donator and supporting us that's so, kind of fucking cool man it, yeah so i mean we ask people to do it it's like i should do it too okay Thank so you, that's Apple. the deal Thank Patreon. you for helping pay our bills, Apple. Yes. <laughs> Patreon.com forward slash no simple road. Also, if you want to do something for us that doesn't cost anything, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We haven't gotten one for the month of No, well, we not, did get one for not March since so in, far. Uh no. We the last one was in towards end of February. So we have not had one in March yet. So you can be the first. Well, I never. I know. I I'm so flabbergasted right now. Um, if you want to do something that's fun. Call 971-808-1524 like these people did. Hi, this is Jamie. Love the podcast. You guys are all so funny. I especially love Mel. She's a really strong, independent female voice and such an inspiration. I joined your Patreon just to hear her interview, and it was really worth it. Keep traveling on the No Simple Road. Aw, Jamie. Jamie, thank you, first of all, for doing that. And I'm glad you got any funness out of my interview. It was really a blast to do like a lot of fun. So thank you for supporting. And we're going to be on that. No simple road for a while. Right. Glad on, you joined us. Thank you. We got one more. Actually. What? Here we go. All right. Ready? Hey, Mel, Apple and Aaron. My name's David. And I just wanted to say that I really love the podcast. Uh, no simple road is a podcast that I found 
uh, probably about six months ago or so. Welcome. I listen at work uh, while I'm driving um, around the Bay Area here in California. I just wanted to say that your podcast is a lot like the Grateful Dead catalog. Um, I never know that I need what you're going to be talking about until you talk about it. But it definitely is there. Um, Like specific dead songs talk to me at certain times of my life. Your podcast does the same thing, uh, especially the Monday Rewinds. So thank you very much for what you guys do, uh, especially on Mondays. Uh, Just listening to you guys talk, um, especially today, it's – I just listened to your podcast about self-care, and that was um, weirdly needed today. So thank you. And again, thank you for all that you guys do. I I am exposed to new bands, um, new ideas from these bands that you talk to. So it's amazing. Thank you very much. And uh, have a wonderful day. I love you guys. Oh, David, man, we love you too. You know. Gave me goosebumps, that's, David. I was just going to say, man, I could, you could feel that call. Uh-huh. That, that was heavy. For, for self-care day to hit you like, wow. man, that, wow. See, that's what's so special about the tepid line is you can share yourself like that. At that, Wow. Jamie and David both, thank you so much. What, Mel? You, you're all choked up <laughs> over there. You think you're going to cry. I do want to cry about it because, first of all, I feel that, David. I feel that a lot and like you just helped to confirm a lot of the things like it's a while back when Aaron was trying to talk about getting guests. This is a while back. It's been a long time. And I was like, so what we are no simple road. Even us just talking is people's favorite thing. <laughs> and he was like, no, but we, you know, if we don't do, you know, do musicians and you know, like just his reasoning, which it, it's all true. Why like, do I sound like this all, you time, just, all of a sudden, you know? Because that raspiness is like the antagonist <laughs> kind of guy. And so, um, but but like you saying that, like just again, reaffirms and, and confirms that people talk like words are medicine. Conversations that are is. medicine. And clearly, like you said, weirdly, you needed to hear that today. Like clearly and weirdly, we needed to talk about it that day too. Like, cause we we're kind of coming to the end of our, you know, rope being all exhausted and stuff. So just the fact that you, you're, you're literally picking up, we're putting down as we're doing it and you and Jamie this week with your candor and how you are talking it just thank you so much thank you for calling in the tepid line thank you for being part of the ph family and thanks for getting what we're doing yeah yeah that personally made me feel like I'm having a a not great health day today and that made me feel really good yeah and to compare to the dead I know that like I said you I could feel I could feel that call and I have a I have a theory as to why that is, because that's always my thing is like, why? Why does it do that? Why? I, I feel like when you share something like the Grateful Dead or Fish or a musical experience like that as a group, you become tuned to a certain frequency. Uh, and, and, or do you create a certain frequency? Okay. You're creating a frequency that you all tune to. And, the universe knows how to speak to itself. So by, uh, by us coming in here and doing this, see, here's what you guys don't know. 
is that when we do the Monday rewind, there's no script to that. Like we don't talk about what we're going to talk about before we come in the room. It's kind of like, um, it's kind of like doing a tarot reading in, in a lot of ways where we'll sit down and when we crack the mics, then whatever comes is what we talk about. And it, it's kind of like David's comparison to Grateful Dead, too. Like when they, don't, you know, they don't have a set list. Yeah, or, yeah like or, they come out and feel the crowd, kind of feel right? feel the air and the listeners and the crowd, and then it comes to you. It comes to you. And, and after doing this for, you know, coming up on six years now, it's five and a half years, like we have a, a current with our family out there and, you know, one represents the many. So when we have like friends of ours that are part of the No Simple Road family that are either going through something or we see them going through something, if we talk about it, mention it, whatever, like that goes to the greater family out there. It it also, it speaks to all the times when we lost a family member or when we all needed self-care or when we all were planning something important and it blew up in our face. Like these are like all of our human struggles and we speak candidly because we're so comfortable with each other. Yeah. And we're going through life just like everybody else is. And here's the other thing is like that I've learned through this is I can never tell when it's good. I have to just like divorce myself of how I feel about it and put it out because when I think that we're off or I'm off and then I listen back, it's like, Oh, that was actually really good. Sometimes it's like the impurity of being quote unquote off is the vulnerability that people need to hear that day. Yeah, I guess so. I look that anybody calls into this show is amazing to me. So thank you both for doing that means the world to us and, and trust us. It's not lost on us how huge that is. So Hey, we appreciate you. Yeah, that's that's, that's what the tepid line is all about. That's it, Just right there. Sh- share yourself however you want to. 971-808-1524. But most of all, if you want to do something for us that doesn't cost anything, just tell somebody that you love about the show. That's it. Somebody that you think, you know what? I wonder if they know about No Simple Road. I like this person. They're cool. They go to shows with me and I we've never talked about it. And then you could tell them and then they'll be like, oh my God, I've never listened to that show. And then we have another listener and it's all because of you. And this whole thing grows and then it's like mycelium and then mushrooms pop up in every corner of the universe. And here we are. No simple road is taken. It over the grows and it, it grows. Oh, that was a lot. If you want something really cute in your earballs, think about this. Go listen to the Phil Hanley episode and listen to the intro with Jasper saying <laughs> without Hanley. further ado, the No Simple Road crew. That I'm telling cute. you, you will all smile. if you Even if you heard that episode, just go back and listen to that and then continue on with your life. Because okay. that's the best thing you can do for your week. Okay, we're gonna, That is one of the cutest things ever. We're not going <laughs> to do it as cute as Jasper did it, but no. we're going to do it for Rob now so we can get him to the interview. You guys right, ready? I'm ready. All right, ready. Without further ado, the No Simple Road crew gives you Rob Koritz.
because my kids are asleep. So hold on. Okay. Oh, wow. <laughs> there we go. All right. Hey. Hold on. How are you? What's going on, Rob? I'm doing well. Thanks. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, of course, man. I'm Aaron. Nice to meet y'all. Nice, to, nice meet you. to meet you, Rob. I'm Mel. And then I, I'm Apple. Thanks for joining us. Apple? Rob. Yes. Are right you, on, man. Nice to meet you all. Are you, are you on the East Coast? I'm, uh, I'm in the Midwest. I'm in oh, St. Louis, okay. Missouri. When okay. you said the kids are already asleep, I was just wondering. <laughs> I got a, a six-year-old. One of them's asleep. I have a six-year-old and an 11-year-old. So it's, uh, all right. Well. So, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask the top of the show, off-the-wall question. What's your favorite cartoon to watch with the kids? Oh God! <laughs> you know, man, they don't watch like the same cartoons we watched when we were kids. Okay, well, so, now it's all they, they got to watch all the educational stuff. Okay, so <laughs> okay, when you were a kid, what was your favorite cartoon? God, I don't even know that. Probably the Flintstones. Yeah. <laughs> hey, that Flintstones were awesome. Yeah, I and like the kids, it's all you know, Paw Patrol and, oh, yes. and stuff that teaches them things. You know, yeah, so. it's, it's kind of cool, man. I mean, right. You know, is that what happened to us? It was the cartoon. Yeah, we, we, <laughs> oh, no. That's why we, they certainly weren't educational when we were growing up. No, sure. definitely not. Man. They taught us something, so, but it wasn't what we wanted. Right. <laughs> um, is is my level okay for y'all? You sound great. Yeah, man. yeah, for sure. Cool. Um, Rob, for those that don't know who you are, I'm going to introduce you. This is Rob Koritz of Dark Star Orchestra. The, are, are we live? Are, are no, we live no, 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 okay. no, nothing's live, man. And yeah. and if you um think of something after the fact that you want edited out or anything like that, just just shoot me an email, man. I'll pull it out or whatever. Are are you using uh, are you using audio and video or just the audio? Uh, both audio and video. Oh, thank you for reminding me to record the the video. Dude, the, I, I ran a podcast for a year and a half during the pandemic. And yeah. Recording in progress. One, this meeting is being recorded. Um, <laughs> she just told on me. I had one episode where I was like 10 minutes into my interview with Larry Campbell and Teresa Williams and realized I hadn't pressed record. Oh, oh man. <laughs> it's happened to me five or six awful times. And yeah. it was like good stuff. Yeah. And it's like <laughs> that feeling of cold embarrassment that just drops through yep. your whole body like, oh yep. shit man yeah, i got lucky the first five or six minutes i missed was just the chit chat before i actually said okay here we go We're yeah, rolling. Yeah. but <laughs> I, I, I missed a couple minutes at the beginning but that's all right i was learning how to do a podcast on my own so yeah man and well i mean this this what we do we just hang out there's there's no script i don't have a list of questions for you we just hang out and get to know each other man so right on man. Easy, forward yeah. to it. let's get on it so, so Go ahead, well, I just want to know, I mean, I'm sure it was through the pandemic, but like, it's a huge undertaking to create a podcast. What was your incentive to do that? Um, a couple of my buddies kind of talked me into it. So the long and short of it, right when pandemic started, like every week or every two weeks, I'd go on Facebook and do like a Facebook live mm -hmm. on, on the dark star page Yeah, just to let them ask questions just to stay engaged, you know, and keep the fans engaged. We didn't know what was going to happen. This was like April, right? After you know, oh, it yeah. hit. Right. <clears throat> and then I brought Bill Walton to one with me and then I brought Keller Williams to one. And then I brought Jeff Comenti to one with me and turned them into little things. And a buddy, a couple of buddies of mine said, you should start a podcast, you know, <laughs> doing this kind of stuff. And I was like, I shit, you know, I was like, what's a podcast? Oh no. Oh. <laughs> Gosh, you didn't know. <laughs> yeah. I didn't even know what a podcast That's even was. cooler. <laughs> so they told me and we put together the whole plan and it was, you know, 
I was off the road. All my buddies are the are touring are off the road. So let's interview people and find out how they got into the Grateful Dead and how it influenced them musically and business wise and spiritually. And it started out with just like dead centric jam band people. Right. And and then it got a little broader. I found out people like uh Bob Crawford, who plays bass on the Avid Brothers, is a huge deadhead. Right. So, you know, I started interviewing people like that. Um, so that's what kind of started it. And then I had a section on um this was also right after George Floyd had happened. Oh, okay. And so I had a segment on there um called the Black Music Moment, spotlighting different black artists that had influenced the dead, you know, and talking about Jesse Fuller and then playing the original monkey and the engineer, you know, talking about whoever, you know, any of these mostly blues artists and doing that. And then I also started interviewing someone for, uh, I had a segment called there's a grateful dead cover band in every town. Oh yeah, there is. <laughs> and would find different dead local dead band people and interview them and find out about their scene and just let people know. And I did like, I did about 40 episodes and I had you know, everybody from Donna Jean and Steve Parrish to the basis from the Avid brothers and, um, some other ones you wouldn't expect a lot of bluegrass artists, right. a lot of jam band artists. And, you know, I did like, they're about an hour and a half long and I did like 35 of them. And then we all got back to work <laughs> and I was doing, <clears throat> I was doing all the production myself. I was doing everything. Um, and then we all got back to work and it got a little more difficult. So it kind of died. Yeah. Did you I, teach you know. yourself all the stuff that you needed? Cause like, like don't you have to put out like a graphic and you got to like, you know, upload it and you know, edit it and all that stuff. Did you know any of that before? Wow. <laughs> wow. So I had to, you know, I did all, I had to learn how to use garage band to do that part. I had this thing called a Patreon. You ever heard of yeah. Patreon? Yeah, we got it. Um, so I had paid, I had a Patreon thing going, so I had to make videos to put up there for my, my patrons, you know, yeah. extra bonus stuff. So I had to learn how to use iMovie and I just learned how to do all that shit and just did it. Oh shit, man. Wow. You know, yeah. kudos it, it, to you, man. Yeah, man, yeah for you. real. That it, it's no small undertaking. So this show started in 2017. Um, my son bought me a mic and was like, Hey, you guys talk about the grateful dead all the time. You should start a podcast. And uh, there you go, man. <laughs> I sat out on our front porch and just told the story of going to my first dead show in 89. And after a few months, like I started hitting up artists and they were saying like, O'Teal was our first artist that said, yes. I was like, okay. So we had O'Teal on. And then, you know, now like you, we've had everybody on the show. Right. And yeah, I didn't, it, I didn't it, know shit either. I have right. same like you had to teach myself all of it, man. It's, it's a o only difference was he, you did know what a podcast was. I did know. Yes. He I, listened I did. to him. And he, you're techie. You're, really. he's techie too. Don't let him fool you, Rob. He knew a little bit, but you know, <laughs> go ahead. What I find fascinating. And, and anytime I talk to anybody that's grateful dead related, I always want to know, like, what was your entry to the grateful dead? Because I find that fascinating, man. That was the premise of, well, first I'd start with their musical upbringing yeah. and then get to the dead and how'd you get into it and why and how did it influence you and how does it influence you now? That's huge. I mean, people love to hear that stuff. Did so. you tell yours like initially when you started the show? Did, is that how you started talking about your entry and your, you know, turn on moments and my, stuff? My first episode was pretty much me telling my story so everybody Shit. would know where I was coming from, you know? 
Um, my first guest was my one of my bandmates because it was easy. So sure. talked about myself for a while, and then I had Barack on after that. That's funny, man. It, well, you you're and, the you're twins. <laughs> you and I are twins, right man. It's like I had did me, and then me and Apple, and then me and Mel, and then <laughs> started doing our friends, well, and then jump a there couple you, years and, later. And we guys had, are on Osiris, right? Yeah, yeah. Osiris yeah. Network. Yeah. See, and I tried to get in, and they they had you and O'Teal had just started his thing at that time. Oh. And, you know, they said maybe later they weren't ready for it. So I ended up with a company called, uh, um, oh my God, I'm blanking right now. <laughs> the, the, the Pantheon podcast. Network. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Is, is where I ended up and well, they got about 70 or five music podcasts, but none of them are grateful dead. You know, they're all different. Yeah. It's, it's such a, it's such a common experience that we all had. I mean, obviously we all listen to the grateful dead, so it's a common experience, but each experience that we all had is our own unique trip that got us into the dead. And it's fucking fascinating. The, Hell yeah. the ways that it all like got in there. How did you get turned on? Um, I was in high school and up to that point, I was kind of anti grateful. I didn't know any music. Same. Well, I was kind of anti-hippie, anti-tie-dye. I was a preppy kid growing up in the 80s, you know. Um, and one night we were at a, a buddy of mine's my senior year of high school, 87. And we're at a buddy of mine's house for the weekend because his parents were out of town. And uh, my parents aren't going to hear this one. So we all took a bunch of mushrooms and we were hanging out late at night. And night was over. I'm under a blanket in the dark. And whoever's spinning tunes put on it was a bootleg and it was not fade away okay. and i'm already a drummer of course at this point okay and it was not fade away right and then i don't know it's the dead i don't know what it is but the band leaves the stage and the crowd's still yeah and i'm just tripping on that and then all of a sudden the band is back playing it again with them <laughs> and i was like holy shit this is the greatest thing ever who is <laughs> what is this and right. someone's like it's the grateful dead. I'm like, no, it's not what? like, yeah, this is the grateful dead. I'm like, Oh my God. He goes, well, they're playing in Chicago. I live in St. Louis. He goes, they're playing in Chicago next week. And I have tickets. Do you want to go? What? Like, hell yeah. I want to go. Um, it was UIC pavilion, April 11th, 1987. And sure as shit, they ended the show. With not <gasps> no way. What? And then the crowd does this oh, and then they came back and it was just like the tape I heard. So I just assumed they did that every show. Right. You know, and exactly what I heard on that tape, I was a part of now, and I was doing that, <laughs> and and that was the proverbial beginning of the end. If you will. <laughs> That's wow. so rad. And then, so that was like April of '87, and then I went and did my summer thing, and uh, on my way to college in Arizona, I decided as I was on my way, I stopped and tell you right and saw that show. And oh, wow. I went to school in Tucson and I got there on a Wednesday and Thursday, the dead was playing at Compton, you know, 40 Who minutes away. Dead and why do they keep following me? And, and yeah, I never thought of it that way. <laughs> um, and, and, and that was the beginning of it right there. And then I just, you know, got, I was studying music. I was studying classical music at Arizona, but got totally immersed in the dead thing right there, oh, you know? Man. And and started like skipping classes to fly to Long Beach with my fraternity brothers, or go to <laughs> go to go to the Greek because one of them lived close by, and just started going to dead shows, you know. And that was it. But why was it so important for you to go? Like, okay, so you're in college and you're learning classical music. Like, what was that? That like screw school? What like what was it that was pulling you? 
probably the first thing was that experience I just talked about getting yeah. to be part of that symbiotic relationship with the band that I don't know at my very first show. Yeah. You know, and, and effectively being part of the band for a minute yeah. along with 20,000 other people, you know, and then, so that was, you know, what got me into it. And then I spent that whole summer listening and it was really what it ended up being for me was the lyrics, mm. you know, just drew me in, you know, words to live by. And I'm like, I got to go see this live. And then you go to a show and you see that whole scene and you're like, well, I need more of this. Yeah. You know, this is what I need in my life. So now I've got this really cool scene that I can share with my friends and discover because it's been there for in 87 at that point, it's been there for 20 plus years. But to me as an 18 year old, it's a new thing. That's and wild. Yeah, that is yeah. wild. Well, well then I'd, I'd imagine too, like as a drummer, you go and you experience drums in space. I mean, that's a yeah, mind that blower was, for everybody, but especially if you're a drummer and kind of understand more of what's happening. Yeah. And you know, at that, you're, it's a really good point. And at that time in 87, when I started seeing them, the drums had gotten really big in the mix and the way Mickey's got his kit set up, he's playing these huge Tom fills that cross the musically terms, cross the bar line and do things that most drummers don't do. Um, and I mean, the drummers were playing really well when I started seeing them. And it, yeah, that, yes, that is really what hooked me. <laughs> yeah. The, I, and then these guys get 15 minutes a night to do whatever the fuck they want. How cool is that? You know, I mean, <laughs> the whole thing was just, yeah, I, for I, sure. I remember at my first show when they, because uh, I, I didn't know. First of all, I didn't know that there was going to be two sets. I didn't know there was going to be a drums in space at my first show. Like I was as green as yeah, you none of the bands possibly yeah. be. Me too. And, and the, the guys that took me were all like seasoned heads and they on purpose didn't hit me up to what was going on. Like they wanted right it to just be, you know, the real experience. And so I remember thinking that aliens had taken over the forum in LA and that they were communicating <laughs> with the band. And um, I was sure that when we walked out, there was going to be a UFO landed in the parking lot. That's awesome. <laughs> Positive that that's what happened. You know, and, 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 you know, you had these, like you said, you had old dead heads showing you the way for me, you know, it was me and my friends and we're all a bunch of newbies. So we're discovering our, on our own. And I want to point out that was April 87. So that's before, in the dark came out and before touch you're not a touch head (laughs) it wasn't that that jumped you know it was like i barely made it before all that happened um not that there's anything wrong with that but that's not what turned me on was you know you you would have a unique perspective then i wonder like prior to in the dark you had an opportunity to see shows so you saw the scene smaller so you got to see that explosion of humanity in the scene I mean, UIC Pavilion, you know, by stadium standards, like 13,000 people, that's a mid-level arena, you know? Right. Yeah, you're right. And then, you know, in 89, I'm at Foxborough Stadium with 100,000 people. That's yeah, crazy. it's a very big difference. Fucking crazy. Wow. In and, two yeah. years? Did you ever <laughs> yeah. think in your wildest trip that you'd be carrying the legacy on? <laughs> no. Nah. No, no. Well, you know why? Because some people do see themselves like I can do that or I want to do that. You know what I mean? And some people are like, oh, hell no, I never could have imagined. So you're on the other side. No, I never could have imagined, you know, and I, no, I mean, I knew I was going to be a musician. I've always wanted to be 
playing in an original band with a record contract touring the country in a bus mm-hmm. people digging on my music that didn't work out at the same time i was playing in local dead bands in st louis and this opportunity came up came upon me and i said to myself i literally said and i talked to some friends about it and i literally said yeah this might be cool for two or three years it might work and be something fun you know and that's what i really thought honestly that's what i thought at the time that's 1999 you know here i am so 24 years later yeah definitely exceeded my expectations so how did the opportunity come to you rob um i really have dino english my drumming partner to thank for that um he and i had played together double drum we'd known each other for years and I was in a little trio here that played dead tunes in the early nineties. And when I quit Dino took over that so that we kind of met way back then. And then in like 95, 96, I guess 94, 94, I guess maybe. Yeah. Cause Jerry hadn't died yet. So 94, we started double drumming together in a local dead band here in St. Louis. Um, I quit that in like late 97, 98, but you know, Dino and I had four years under our belt at that point. And I was kind of done with the grateful dead world as far as gigging and i was on to other stuff and i was a working musician mm-hmm. um here in town you know working almost every night um and i really missed playing the dead i'd like listen to it in my car on a cassette and, damn i kind of missed that you know but oh well you made your choice and then i got a call from dino um that there was this band called dark star orchestra and he went to see them because he heard they needed a drummer and he wanted to get the job so he went to see him in a tiny little club here in St. Louis and had arranged, you know, to meet with the leader at the time, Scott Larned, who's no longer with us. And uh, as Dino's in the process of doing that to replace the one drummer, the other drummer, for different reasons, also had to go. What? So uh, Dino says, I know a guy. Oh, wow. <laughs> Let me call him and see if he's interested. And, you know. Dino gives me a call. Hey man, I'm, there's this dead band out of Chicago. I'm going to join him, but they need two. Do you want to come with me? Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, well, I don't know, man. I've kind of moved on. I got a pretty good thing going here. I'm responsibilities and gigs and whatnot, but I'll talk to them. So I got on the phone with Scott Larned with a list of questions. Very professional. I mean, I'm up and up. Hey, yes. How do you Wait, travel? How do you get paid? What's your business model? That kind of stuff. This I'm 30 years old at that point. It's a big step practical they answered it answered every question right you know they were they were doing it the right way and uh so long story short they had dino and i drive up to chicago to play they were doing a weekly tuesday gig at that point at a place called martyrs Mm -hmm. and they were traveling a little bit regionally but hadn't gone real far yet so they told us what show we were going to play we loaded all our drums in the back of dino's pickup truck with a little camper shell on it jammed them all in there Drove to Chicago, listened to the show on our way up, which we'd never done that before. And went up there and we played the show. And when it was done, they said, when can you start? Oh, wow. You know, because we came in as a package. They weren't going to have to worry about getting two drummers to learn how to play together. We'd been playing together for yeah, four or five years already. It's such a trip Holy to crap. think about, like, these pivotal moments in our lives that, like, yeah, man. we don't even know that... The, you know, when you walked into that first dead show, you had no idea that was going to change your life. You get that phone call from them. You don't know that's going to change your life. And then in hindsight, you look back and it's like, oh my God, that's the moment that everything changed. Yeah. For better or for worse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for good or ill again. Yeah. For yeah, sure. And you know, and then to take it another step, 
you know, and then it was like another month or six weeks before Dino started a month before me when that original, his, when his guy left. Right. And then about a month later, my guy left. So, you know, he's been in the band a little longer than me, but my 10th day in the band, literally my 10th day in the band, we're playing at the Fillmore in San Francisco. What? You know, and I just went, you know, two weeks ago, I was playing in the window of a little bar in St. Louis. I just looked at Dino. I go, how the fuck did we get here, man? Oh, that's so beautiful. You know, and we just looked at each other and started smiling. And again, that was 1999. Well, how awesome that must be. Like, I mean, that's like, you're like your best friend. You guys have drummed together and then you get to go do it together. It's not like him calling you from the road. Like, dude, this yeah, is so I awesome. Him I a lot, you you know, if he doesn't that, call me, if he calls awesome. somebody else or doesn't call me, it's, it's, I, I owe him a lot. And he knows that. Yeah. Wow. And, yeah. and here's the thing, man. Yeah, every city does have a Grateful Dead tribute band. That's true. But there's only one Dark Star Orchestra, Rob. There really, really is. And and that's and I'm not blowing smoke up your ass. That's the truth, bro. I think everybody knows that though. That for like truly, you guys do something so unique and special. And that's I was gonna I appreciate that very much. And it's hard wait, it's hard to say that with somebody or a band that everyone's covering. Do you know yeah. what I'm saying? Right. Like to no, be, I, I get what you're saying. Yeah. You know, we're, it it it's not lost upon us how lucky we are. You Aww. know, I mean, I I, 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 I don't desire, I don't disagree that yes, there's talent there, and we do the music justice. But at the same time, we're we're very lucky to have gotten to where we did. I'm very grateful for it, and take it really, really seriously. Yeah, obviously, that's great. Yeah, that comes you know? across on stage. That's what I was going to say. We did. This is not really a question. It's just a we owe you a deep a deep gratitude and thanks because one thing you've done you become a family thing for us yeah we we make sure you know we're in portland oregon uh we make sure to go but you have helped us turn a, a lot of younger people late teens early 20s yeah you guys are like like when we're like you need to get familiar with the dead music come to dark star with us like blaze oh yeah, yeah. But, Thank you. and it totally you know the way you guys do it the way you recreate the shows it gives them a taste of of, of the real thing and, it, and it's amazing every much. time we go yeah i appreciate it. You know, the younger the well it's i guess i could put it this way sorry for stumbling there no, when i good. first joined when i first joined the band what really really mattered to me was how the older deadheads reacted to us, you know, did they think we were a joke? Would they come back? You know, that was really, really important to me. And as time has gone on, that's completely done a 180. And what became important to me is still, of course, for them to like it and get a feel for what they had. But what really became important to me personally was that the younger kids were coming and hearing it and liking it and learning. Now that we're 30 years past, you know, wow, the dead making sure that the younger generations hear this music and like it and love it and keep it going, you know? And I had a guy kid on my podcast whose parents come to our shows. That is, we just, now he's a freshman in college, but for the last three years, him and his high school buddies had a little dead cover band. Oh, wow. How that's huge. That that generation is playing the music. And it, it really, it's so trite to say the music never stops but it's true that this music really doesn't stop. And part of the reason that I hit you up was because of skull and roses festival. You guys are playing skull and roses. And, right. and Which I'm so excited about. Yeah. We can't wait. <laughs> yeah. But last year was, amazing. I can't think of any other band. I really, 
no, I can't think of any other band that you could do five days of bands. Oh God, great, no. You know, like a Steely Dan five days. <laughs> you know, it still boggles my mind that we can even do that with the Grateful Dead and people. It just tells you how strong it is personally on a very personal level. I couldn't do that because I don't, don't think I could hear Cassidy seven times over the course of a weekend or, right. but, but what we found last year was Adino noticed that the, every band was really reaching mm, and trying. Yes. So we didn't hear seven Cassidy's and we didn't hear nine Scarlet fires, you know? Yeah. Um, but it is definitely like you're saying, it's a testament to this music over any other music. And I love all music, Yeah. but it's a testament to this music over any other music that, how strong it is it that skull and roses can pull this off. Cause you're right. You couldn't do this with any other band. It's crazy. No. And, and what you guys did at skull and roses last year was magnificent brother. It, it was, Thank you. there was, there was some uh, rough spots last year. You know, there's some technical problems, it, you know, on a couple of the nights and stuff. And yeah, I heard all about it. And oh, it was and a bummer, man. It was a serious yeah, bummer, Saturday night. What you guys did, you know, I was just talking to our producer before the show and uh, it really does feel like the energy of the grateful dead mm-hmm. when you guys right are playing. On. and right on it's a, and, and it's, I'm at a festival where it's grateful dead cover bands and I'm not shitting on anybody else at all. Please don't yeah, we love, not them saying all. love it all. But when you guys play, it's something different. And, and I'm wondering like, from your side of the stage, do you guys see it like that? Are you feeling that too? Yeah. I mean, specifically with that show at Skull and Roses, that was different for a lot of reasons for us. Well, a couple of reasons. One was we were doing a 50th anniversary of an actual show on that Europe 72 tour. And that kind of kicked off our year from doing Europe 72 stuff. And we went to Europe in September and all that. Um, But yeah, so when we do the one drummer shows, we alternate, Dino does one show. I do the next show. And, and, and so I get the best of both worlds. I get to do the Mickey and the Billy thing, oh, but so cool. we flew out to California just for that show. Um, so that is the only time I think it's literally the only time ever that we've done a show where Dino played one set and I played the other. Oh, wow. Okay. We never do that, but we are like, we're both flying out there. You know, <laughs> one of us isn't going to just stay home. Right. Yeah. So we decided we each play a set. So because of that, just like every, all the other one drummer shows, when I have the night off or I had that set off, I can key in on what's going in on out there a whole lot more than I can mm-hmm. when I'm than when I'm playing. So I'm keying in on what's going on on stage. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, man, it was heavy. bonkers energy. It was it's fucking heavy. The people at the back yes. on that structure up yes. on the top <laughs> dancing and doing whatever they were doing up there. Oh, um, the bus! People yeah. way in the back in the grandstands, and you got the kids who literally never left the rail all day long. This one kid who literally never left. Um, I don't even think he went to the bathroom. So you can <laughs> in a diaper. <laughs> so, so yeah, I can. You know, I can definitely get that feeling, especially at that one when we were in Europe. I got the same thing because I only played half the shows. Um, when I'm on stage, I have to remind myself to do that. Oh, really? Um, yeah. Um, for the first years I was in this band, especially I'm better at it now, but I still have to remind myself, I get so keyed in to locking in with my bandmates and using my ears to hear all of them that I, some, 
a lot. Not as much as I used to, but I forget that there's a crowd there. I forget we're playing for people. Um, oh, wow. And that's a huge component of the Grateful Dead is the, that symbiotic relationship between mm-hmm. them and the fans. So I have to remember to take part in that sometimes. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. I, I'm much, much, much better at it now um, because there's so much energy out there to feed off of. Yeah, what Don't is, forget so what to is, use it. What does that look like for you when you, you know, do take that on when you, when you notice that you're not, you know, queuing in, what does it look like when you turn it back on? First thing I'll do is find one per, you know, just remember to turn it on. I kind of look up and see the whole room and see if the lights hit it right. You can actually see the whole room. Most of the time it's dark. So you can only see the first few rows and I'll just find that one person who's really getting off on it and key in on them for a few minutes Mm. and, you know, and then, and then look around and and start keying in on a bigger picture, but I'll start with a smaller picture and just find that one man, woman doesn't matter. Who's just, into what's coming out of the speakers and just, you know, in their place. And I'll key in on that. And now I'm starting to work with them. Oh, and that's when you know the magic I mean? starts happening. Yeah. And, and that's hard to do because again, if you want to play the music right and do justice, you really got to, especially with two drummers and improvisational music, you really got to be keyed in on what's happening on stage. Mm. So you got to find that balance between making sure I'm paying attention to what really <laughs> needs to be going on. At the same time, I need to pay attention to what's really helping make that go on. Wow, that's a that's a fans. weird tightrope to walk. Yeah, are you? And, like, you know, I can't speak for everybody in the band. That's just for me. No, yeah, yeah, sorry, yeah, yeah. Oh, I was just gonna say, are you like hyper aware off stage because you have so much um, sensory, you know, that you're always having to like, you know, like pay attention, listen, you know, drum, hands, feet, all of that. Like, are you on your outside when you're off stage? Are you like that too? Like just very sensitive to everything? Um, to a great extent. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah. I would imagine that's probably hard to turn off once you see something you can't unsee it or, you know, yeah, that's why, you know, I go like on, on set break. I don't really spend a lot of time out with people. I go in the room by myself and Veg out to a computer screen sometimes for that 20 minutes just to come down, if you will. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and calm it all down, you know? Um, so, but yeah, I'm the guy who's always doing something. Yeah. You know, I, I, I wonder too, like, I've only been to shows in the United States. And I, and so I know, like, you know, an LA crowd is different than an MSG crowd. You know, Hell yeah. crowd at the forum is different than MSG or vice versa, whatever. How was it doing Europe, man? What, what are the crowds like there? What's that scene? It was, you know, I, I did the Europe tour in 1990 as a fan and there was a lot of Americans there. We were all on the trains together. We kind of had the same thing, a much, much, much smaller scale, of course. But, uh, you know, there was a ton of Americans over there. First of all, fans, a lot of that we know and some that we don't. Some did the whole tour. Some just did Italy. Some just did Germany. Wow. So you had that energy right there of the people we knew. But then, uh, you know, I mean, I met, we played in England, France, Germany, and Italy. And I met people who came to see us from Austria, Slovenia, Australia, Israel, Turkey, the Netherlands that came to see Dark Star. I'm like, well, how, why? Well, you're not coming to Slovenia. So we came to you, you know, so. I'm I'm at that point I'm blown away by all the people that are coming to check out us or really to check out the music. It's not necessarily us. They're coming to get their fix of the Grateful Dead. Right. Um 
And like I said, there were plenty of nights when I didn't play um, because of the one drummer thing. And normally on a one drummer show, on a regular run of the mill tour, I might come outside out to the room for two or three songs, sit at the soundboard. And then the rest of the time I either spend on the side of the stage or in my dressing room. And those Europe shows, I sat at the soundboard from the start of the first note of the first song or the last note of the last song, just watching these crowds get off. Wow. And it was the best. Oh. It just made, even though I wasn't on stage, I was so damn happy oh. just watching all these people be so damn happy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. 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 It's yeah, great it's, to see was, people getting down. It totally is. And, and then, you know, and then to go, holy shit, this is my job. How lucky am I? That's, you know, it was, it was a great experience. I had my family with me for the first week. So it, the whole thing was just amazing. Aww. Oh, you got to bring your, your kid with you? Your kids. Um, for the first week, they never left London, but we had, we had a show in London. <clears throat> we got there like three days early before that. And then our next show wasn't in Paris for four more days. Oh. So we stayed in, stayed in London for another three days. Um, had a great time. Unfortunately, the day before we left, the queen died. So that kind of put a tamp, uh, uh, damper yeah. on some of our plans. But, you know, we had a great time. And then when we went over to Paris, the family came home and then it was hard work. It was eight shows and nine nights and eight different cities. It was, we were moving. That's, that's eight shows and nine nights. Eight shows. We did the show in London had three days off and did four shows, had a day off in Munich where we all went to Oktoberfest. So that wasn't really a day off. No, (laughs) it had four more shows. You know what people don't realize? Like, so, I mean, most people, listening they think you know eight shows nine days okay you played but what they don't think about is like you have to pack up your gear when the show's over then you gotta get it ready to to move then you have to travel and then at some point you have to sleep next day you gotta you gotta eat (laughs) then you have to be at the wherever you're playing the next day for sound check then you have to be back you know what i mean like it's not just being on the stage it's a whole thing going on i call it you're 100 percent right you know and um like our day the truck opens at a for an eight o'clock show it's a regular theater show you know Mm -hmm. it's eight o'clock show the truck opens at noon and it closes at 2 a.m um so that's how long the day takes i tell people that i don't know it's, it's the hardest easy job in the world yeah, I mean, that's my standard answer. I meet people on a golf course because I golf a lot when I'm out there. It must be great. I'm like, yeah, it is. But it's the hardest, easy job in the world. Wow. <laughs> you know, it's it, something Mel and I were listening to you guys in the car the other night. We were going to get some pizza and uh, we were listening to you guys and you were doing like a 88 or an 89 show. And we we put on the, the drums section to listen to you a little bit. And uh, I noticed that the flavor of your drums section of the show was an 80s drums section. Like It was or wasn't? It was. It definitely yeah. was. So, like, yeah. it was very, uh, felt like I was in the jungle. Right on. You know what um, I mean? And, and I, I yeah. was wondering... When you guys pick the show that you're going to do, do you go listen to the drum section of that show and then like try and emulate the flavor? Yeah, that's you, you nailed it. Um, oh. you know, with Dino now Dino picks the shows for a long time, it was a different bandmate, it got shuffled around a little bit, but Dino picks the shows, doesn't listen to him before he picks because 
there's a reason why we pick what we pick, what we do last time, how big's the stage, blah, blah, blah. Mm. Um, but then once we, once we get it, you know, we don't listen together because everybody listens to different shit. Um, right. You know, Jeff's not going to listen for the same thing I am. And I don't want to listen to a whole damn show um, and wait to spend my whole afternoon. So I listen to the show in about 45 minutes to an hour, picking out the things that I need to know. And Dino does. Dino and I don't listen together. But to answer your question, sorry, that was a really roundabout no, way no, to get that's there. why we're here. <laughs> it's a podcast, um, remember? <laughs> right. I can talk as much as I fucking want. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. You, know? <laughs> um, you know, so Dino and I don't even listen together. But yes, we will listen to drums. And then at Soundcheck, that we've already got the equipment set for that night. Um, sometimes I'll listen to drums before uh, before loading if I have to tell the the stage guys hey i need this extra piece of gear tonight or i'm gonna need that because we will listen just to get the textures mm. what instruments were they using that night um did they run an electronic loop you know but it's literally that's what it is okay so we're gonna do a section that's drum kits together and then after that mickey went to the big three so i'll go to the big three and that sounds kind of like we're regurgitating but it's literally no more than picking our spots on the beast mm-hmm. of where we're going to move our we're we're, plop, we're plotting our movement mm. and the textures and the instruments we're going to play but we are not plotting what we're going to play yeah no there's no way you could i mean i guess well, you could note yeah. for note but it would be next to impossible and you'd be spending even all your though, time. like even yeah you're right but even to take it a step further just because when they went to the big three that night they used a triplet groove something like from the other one or they used a bo diddley groove from not fade away doesn't mean i'm going to play that kind of groove when i go to the big drums right right i'm going to play what's feeling right but i'm going to be in that spot on the beast you know and then we move around like that you know and or hey tonight's show they uh Mickey was out there alone with the beam so if you wouldn't mind leaving and giving me some alone time with the beam that'd be really cool he goes okay no problem you know just to capture the essence of what they were doing that night. So, and I'm glad you noticed that. Thank you. It's yeah, high praise. Man. Thank it, you. Yeah, of course. And that's another thing I wanted to talk to you about was, was the beat, the, the beam, like, yeah, that's a whole um, other thing that as a drummer, you like, there's no school to go learn <laughs> to play that fucking thing. What, there's no rules either. Yeah. Right? The best thing in the world. <laughs> you just go um, to town on it. Yeah. You know, I had one, Dino had it built by a luthier here in st louis and it wasn't anywhere near the same kind of thing but it served the same purpose Mm -hmm. as what mickey has very original a very original instrument um and you know it's piano strings and bass pickups and we had one that was awesome i loved it and i used it for about 20 years right um and then this is gonna be a great tie-in for y'all here you're gonna love this okay and and then uh a really uh, a buddy of mine who I grew up with here in St. Louis. We put hockey together when we were seven, eight, nine years old. Um, started building them what? in his retirement as a teacher. Um, and his name is Eric Mitchell. And he was at Skull and Roses last year. And he had a booth oh, set up. Out in the we parking lot. With his okay. new beams. Got it. And now this year, he's actually performing him and another guy as the Beam, Beam Brothers. Brothers. Yeah. Yeah. So um, so Eric's an old, old friend of mine. Um and like I said, we've known each other for 40 plus years. So he's building them now. And he built me one, maybe the third one he built, I got. So I've had it over a year. And to be honest, I'm still learning it because mm-hmm. um, it's very different than the one I had. And the type of instrument that is and the type of different effects you can put on it, it's ever changing, ever evolving. There's no rules. It's the coolest thing in the world. <laughs> it re- and the, the that- sound, I, I, 
Go ahead, Apple. Oh, I was just going to say that that was awesome last year when he had that booth set up, like out on yeah, I spent a lot of time over there <laughs> to, to where people could go up and see those personally yeah. and actually mess with them and stuff. That was that was yeah, he's. That was really that's another oh. thing with Skull and Roses, the interactive yeah stuff. I was telling, yeah, I spent telling a Mel, big chunk of that day over there between when we set up and when we played. I was over there for like three or four hours. That thing is is unlike anything else. And I was telling her when we were driving that night, there was a, a beam section in the drums that we listened to, and like it sounds like 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 an angel or a demon is being born. Like the sound that it's comes one out. or the other, man. It's always <laughs> <laughs> Something's coming through. I don't know which side it's coming from. And it's ripping. Yeah. Through. It's not like tearing. Yeah. yeah it's not yeah. nice. You know, it's it. This is really, really cliche to say, but you know, I don't have a whole lot of control over it. I do, but there's so many different effects you can put, put it on and put on it. And some of these guys that Eric has sold them to are doing really crazy things that make it cool. But on a, my point is again a roundabout way to get to the answer. Oh, uh, on a good night, um, on a good night, I'm not playing it; it's playing me. Yeah. You know, uh, when it really starts to work, and then there's other nights where I just struggle with it because I can't hear it well enough, or it's not doing what I wanted it to do. And then there's other nights I'll hit it, I'll set something randomly, and go, "Holy shit, is that cool?" <laughs> and that's when, and that's when it's playing me, and yeah. then I just go to work. You yeah. know, so it's I- it's not all it's a it's it's tough to rein it in and always be happy for me anyway um always be happy with what i get out of it you do have the coolest job in the world dude it's hardest easy job in the the world man i think about 24 years of doing anything mel and i have been married 25 years and uh that's a long time to do something and and there's a lot of there's a lot of history in there there's a lot of stuff out of the 24 years, just off the top of your head, man, what's the hardest part about being in DSO? <laughs> it's so loaded. <laughs> <laughs> the other guys are on the line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's such a loaded question. No, um, uh, you know, I mean, now as I'm older, mm-hmm. uh, being away from my family, you know, just like anybody else on the road, I've got a six-year-old and an 11-year-old and. Yeah. I miss hockey games, you know, I miss things and we're working less now. So that's a lot better. Um, uh, you know, living on a bus with 12 people, uh, Mm. who are all love each other and have been doing it for a long time, but all have very different personalities. You know, it's like a rolling camp cabin. Um, (laughs) that's, that's difficult. Um, losing people along the way, you know, I've lost a bandmate. We've lost some crewmates over the years. Um, but I don't think these things are any different than what any kind of band goes through, whether right. it's Grateful Dead or not, you know? Um, yeah, just, you know, being on the road. It's it's tough. It's tough. It's taxing, you know? Now that we've been doing it for so long and we're getting older, I mean, I'll be honest, I'm 54 years old and I'm the youngest guy in the band. Oh, um, wow. Well, Dino's only three months older than me, but the rest of them are really old. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but, you know, so the older we get, I mean, I'm sitting here right now, my shoulder hurts. I'm still recovering from tour. Um, you know, so it takes a beating on you, but you love it so much. You're never going to stop doing I, it. I love it. I, that's how yeah, I feel about I to, doing this and going to shows. I, I wanted to ask, like, does the synchronicity of it all ever get lost on you or is it still cool every time? Like, 
your friend just happened to make beans now and like Dino just oh all of a sudden this drummer doesn't need it he's leaving like does it get lost on you you know what I mean like it yeah I know exactly what you mean and yes it does unfortunately and you have to remember you have to train yourself to remember that sometimes because hell yeah when it's Sunday night and it's the fourth show in a row yeah and you're tired and people are bitchy and crabby because we need a day off need to get the hell off the bus and into a hotel Yep. And well, that truck was late because it broke down and the venue wasn't ready or whatever, you know, and that stuff takes a toll. And now you're cranky and just want to get through the damn show and get out of there. And then you have to say to yourself, this is all me personally, of course. Totally. Yeah. And then I have to say, and then I, you know, I can't speak for anybody else in the band, but then, and that's when I have to say to myself, Hey man, there's people paying money to come see you and they're going to have a great fucking time tonight. So make sure you do too. Ooh. Uh, oh. What is a city without its music? The legacy of the New York Philharmonic is incredible. Nearly two centuries of history. That's a lot of music and a lot of stories. I was sitting on stage for the very first time thinking, I can't quite believe this is happening. Join me, Jamie Bernstein, as we explore the history of the New York Philharmonic. It's the NY Phil story made in New York, a podcast about a city, its people, and their orchestra. Listen wherever you get podcasts. You know, that's, that's yeah, really what boils down to. You got to be your own tough ass, you know? <laughs> yeah, well, if it wasn't for these people, I mean, these, these people are paying my bills. Wow. So don't they deserve the best that I can give them? So stop your bitching and get up there and do what you're supposed to do. That's, that's I, a, thank you for doing that. Yeah. Cause we've been at a lot of your shows. <laughs> you know, we, we come, we come to groove. So now I'll pay attention no, to I the tour it. schedule. You know, is this a third night or is this a <laughs> third nights are okay. It's, you know, okay. now that we're older, the four. doing four in a row is really hard now, you know, yeah. um, just because unless it's a lot easier if you had a two night run in there, but if you're doing four shows and four nights and four different theaters, that fourth night's a bitch, especially for me, if it's a Sunday. I know everybody says never miss a Sunday show and that whole thing that's out there, but yeah. Sunday always feels like Sunday to me. <laughs> like, can't kind of the last place I want to be is playing a show. I want my day off on Sunday. Right. Totally. Again, people are paying hard-earned money to come hear us do it, so you better do it right. So but, I, I would imagine you don't have time for, like, personal stuff as far as, like, music. Is, or, oh, musically speaking? Yeah, musically. Not, not yeah, family you know, or anything it, like that. That's a really, really good question. Um, no, it's hard. Um, even, you know, I'm not a huge songwriter, but, you know, let's, you know, to, to take Jeff, Matson, and Baracko, who are, they don't have time to do that stuff and take out, you know, on occasion on a break, they might get in one side project gig where they can play their original stuff. You know, me, when I'm home, I, I'm home right now for a month. And I'm playing one gig with a local band, not Grateful Dead stuff. Um, Could I play more when I'm home? Sure. But then I'm not with my family and I'm not coaching hockey and I'm not having a night off where I'm watching TV, you know? So, yeah, we don't, it's getting easier. Like I said, and there is more time for that because we're working much less than we were 10 years ago. But yeah, you bring up a really good point. It's that if there's two drags to this job, that's one of them Okay. is Mm. as much as you love the Grateful Dead. There's so much other music out there, including your own. Yeah. And that kind of falls by the wayside. Mm-hmm. That's number one. And number two, people aren't going to want to hear this. It's really hard for me to listen to the Grateful Dead just for the pure joy of it anymore. I, I, I can okay. totally understand that. that. Makes 100% you know, when I'm home, if, if I'm home on the road, off the road, and I'm out taking a walk with my iPod on shuffle, 
if a dead song comes on more than likely and then i'm skipping through it yeah because i'll start to listen to it like it's work oh, and, oh, and, and start to just analyze instead of just listening to it and enjoying it i'm yeah. still analyzing it so it's kind of taking a little of the luster off of that um totally i'm getting better at going back to it now because i'm appreciating it more but for a long time that was really hard to just go listen just to pop in a dead tape for me personally you know so you're not going to, to like do. a bunch of dead company shows or anything <laughs> um i've seen them i've seen them twice okay um twice ever only because they came through st louis um so you know i went out i'm buddies with a couple of the guys in the band so you know i went out and hung out and well didn't get to hang out too much because of covid um oh yeah and and, and, so, and saw the shows yeah i've seen them twice they're coming back this summer i did not buy a ticket yet we'll we'll see we'll see yeah we'll see what Oh, I was going to say a minute ago when you brought up missing family and stuff. I, it's funny because they have kids. I don't. I always ask the question. It's like, what do your kids think of your music? Are they into Grateful Dead and stuff? Or? My kids? Yeah. yeah. My I mean, kids I know, are very well. You know, yeah, I, I know they're, they're young, but I'm just wondering what they think no, of dad's I mean, music. You know, because because I don't listen to it a lot, they're not exposed to a huge amount of it. Okay. They they know 100% what I do. Yeah. Um. They, they, the six-year-old knew the words to monkey and the engineer when he was three, okay. you know, <laughs> singing that, you know, um, which is cutest thing ever. Um, but yes. you know, they'll hear songs and go, Oh, daddy's band plays this. They know that. Aww. Um, That's so cool. they come to shows, like I said, they were in, in Europe and they, when we play at red rocks, they come out with me and sit on the side of the stage and I, they each have a drumstick in their hand and they're tapping it on the ground in time. So they dig the music. Yeah. They yeah. just haven't been immersed in it really deeply because i don't do that you know eventually yeah. i will yes yeah, like, yeah. you need to listen to this <laughs> i'll do that when they can do it on their own yeah, yeah. that's cool you know, man. What, an, what an experience for them too like like when we did that just reminded me we went to red rocks for our first time together last year to see no, green 21. sky was it 21 yeah. anyway it seems and you watch videos uh, green, green sky, sky bluegrass. Bluegrass. bluegrass right on yeah. and, and i just remember all the kids and i watch a lot of videos or performances at red rocks it seems like the kids like everybody brings their kids to red rocks and they're hanging out on the side like dancing yeah. and just i brought my parents to red rocks for both two of the three shows we played out there That's, you know i mean what was that experience just, like man the first time we played there was <laughs> crazy crazy because it took us forever to get there we didn't get there till 2018 you know yeah and we'd been trying for years and the first time we played there we played a red rock show that was i guess at 78 to 18 40 years to the day oh whoa of that show so that would have been 78 which was the the keith and donna years donna came out and did the show with us oh what you know we had our parents and our kids and our wives and that was one of those shows that back in 78 during the drum section they would have this a lot of times especially in later mid to late 78 where during drums jerry garcia is playing like a steel drum and all the bands playing shakers and cowbells and the kids are playing stuff and the crew you know we call it family fun and you can see the videos like farewell to winterland has a huge one okay there's all these people playing all this stuff um so that show was one of those, you know, so my son is playing a tambourine and Dino's daughter is banging on a gong on stage at Red Rocks in the middle of a dark star show. And, you know, my sister's up there with a pair of maracas and our stage manager is playing a cowbell and just, you know, just, uh, we had then usually we get like between eight and 15 people during that family drum section. Mm -hmm. That night we had like 45. 
Oh, yeah. yeah. All was the biggest one we've ever had, you know. So, and Donna was in there too, just standing there clapping and singing during it, you know. So, it, you, you can't, you absolutely cannot beat that feeling. Nope. You know, no. And it was great going back the next year, and then COVID we missed, and then we went back. And, but the other two were great as well. But they don't compare to that first one just for so many reasons. That, there's something there's something magic in the rock at that place, man. That that I yeah. don't know. I don't know what it is, but that place achieves a level that, of liftoff that I have never experienced. When we went else. there, we were like you could feel like the place is And it was humming. also Railroad Earth too the, was there. Yeah, Railroad Earth, but the place is like Oh hum- yeah, man. It's just humming before you before there's even any music or anything. You can feel the yeah. vibration mm-hmm. and the magic there and then it's, the music starts. Shit. For us that's it's like we played there I think the first time that night was a Sunday. And so before you all ever get there during the day, while we're setting up and loading in, that's all open up there. And there's yoga classes going on, on the bleachers mm-hmm. and there's people running back, you know, doing the benches all the way. It's like three miles from the bottom to the top. If you go all the way across and we're watching all that during the day, and then they clear that out and the crowd starts to come in and you feel that transformation of one kind of really, really good, healthy energy that was going on in the morning to a totally different kind of good, healthy energy that's coming Coming from the stage, you know? So there's a whole transformation to that place during the day. It's a, it's a trip to think about you guys making it there in 2018, that that's the first time that dark star played red rock. We tried and tried and just, you know, for whatever reasons, it did not happen. They were not ready. They didn't think we could, I don't know. And then, came in in 2018 and sold it out so yeah i said to the guy i said to the promoter i'm not going to say his name but <laughs> i everybody knows who it is anyway but so i walked low. up to him after that at, at that first show and there's another thing they're really cool at red rocks they give the artists a statue yeah i've seen every the little plaque every, yeah every time you play them it's a different stone statue with a piece of glass in it or a piece of tile and then right. so they give it to you before the show you get you psyched and he handed it to us. And I was like, I told you so. I told you so. You <laughs> should have done this yeah, 10 schmuck. years ago, man. <laughs> yeah, you schmuck. <laughs> and he said, you're right. We'll see you next year. And, okay. and we've been back three times. And it got kind of messed up because of COVID. But I think we'll be back very soon. Awesome. Right. That's something that you brought up a couple of times I want to ask you about. You said that you're playing less. Is that a direct result of COVID? Or is no. that just a, a, a thing that the band has decided on? That's a direct result of aging. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Got it. Um, you know, when we started, I, I, I don't know how many they did when they were a weekly, but like my busiest year in this band and granted we were still in vans or maybe just gotten a bus. So it's like 2002 to 2004 in that era. So we're still quote unquote, making a name for ourselves. Right. We were doing like 180 shows a year. Holy cow. Which which is what the dead were doing in like 72, 73, right about that same period of their career. You know, it wasn't by we weren't trying to be like them, but it's just what it did. Trying to make a name. I was home for a hundred days one of those years. Like, but I was also 30 years old. I could handle it a lot better, you know? Yeah. Um, and then over the years we finally settled in at like 130, 130, 120 a year. And then I'm not including COVID over the past five, six years, we've consciously tried to go. So we went down 115, 110, 100. You know, last year we played 100. This year we're shooting for 85, which will more than likely end up being 90. But, you know, if you take it down from 100 to 85, that's 15 shows. 
that's another almost another month at home. Yeah. yeah. You know, so now we're at the point where we're home more than we're gone for the first time ever last. Not counting COVID because we never left the house, but getting back to being a full-time working band last year was the first time we were home more than we were on the road. And Congratulations, really good. man. Yeah, that's, man. That's yeah. really fucking well, cool, Well, I think, I mean, you are in a very successful band and as a musician, you have thrived and are successful in your own right. But then now you get to have the balance of the family and being home. Like that's really the best of all worlds mm-hmm. is when you can look at your career and like, be like hell yeah and then <laughs> while you're home with your family and teaching hockey and mm-hmm. chilling with your wife watching dumb cartoons with the kids or whatever <laughs> like it's yeah. it's the best and you know yeah. you worked your ass off for it so you deserve it and yeah, congratulations man oh, you. truly you know so, some of the guys and i won't name names because they're much older than me again <laughs> but, um, you know a couple of the guys have grandkids now and and they want to be home and be able to enjoy their grandchildren. Makes sense. So, yeah. you well, know, it's, I want to enjoy really my grandchildren. For, that just seems, <laughs> that seems like, so, you know, for- the work, the work, I don't know if you can see my hands, but you know, we yeah. had to go from gigs, home life and just slowly get it, tip the scales this way. And we finally, we've been like this for a couple of years and, you know, COVID fucked all that up. Cause that, you know, that changed everything for a while. Oh, yeah. um, in the ass. How, like, how now, you know, the- we're at the place we want to be and, if we can get it here and still make a living, we'll do it that way and be able to do it for a lot longer because we're home. Well, then that just makes sense too. like you're talking earlier, like being on the road so much, you get burned out. And there's those shows you go into like a Sunday show, like, oh, man, the show's just going to be better for you as a band and therefore the Us. audience now that you're you're able to be grounded and in touch with your family instead of being on the road like i really don't want to do this but i'm going to give it my best i'm gonna fuck my shoulder up and i'm gonna you know that i yeah congratulations like mel said that you're at that with, point thank you you can bring us thank better you. shows so <laughs> you know yeah that's a really good point and, and with with without trying to not sound cocky um I'd agree with you because we're playing really well right now. No, man. Wow. It, I mean, you know, I mean, that's... and we don't, I can't say that we always play really well. Um, you know, we have good nights and bad nights, just like every other band out of there. Course. Um, but yes, now that we are balancing it better, we are playing better a hundred percent. Well, oh, yeah. I'll tell you what, man, I am, uh, I'm really glad we met. <laughs> yeah, man, I can spend a few more minutes if you want. Me yeah, to. I don't know if you have limitations. I'm, yeah, no, no. I'm just, I'm just yeah, we're always conscious. Was, yeah, <laughs> this reminds. I wanted to go over that with the limitation when you said earlier. It's like, oh, it's a podcast. We talk as much as we want. We we saw you guys. When it was 2019. You were here for Northwest String Summit. That was oh, so God. much fun. It's oh my gosh. Such a blast. Yes, it was so much fun. And, and we we sat down with uh Baracko. Uh he yeah. he came to like our ten by and did an interview. And I remember before whoever, I remember that. I totally remember that. Okay. Yeah. That he did that. And and, and yeah. somebody it's it's like, okay, be sensitive of time. We go on not 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 too long. So we're trying we're reminding Baracko. We're like, dude, you go on all that. Don't worry about it. Finally Matt had to come get him. Matt came and he's like, dude, you go on stage in like 10 minutes, man. It's going to take like five minutes to walk over there. We got to go. And we're like, you better go, Rob. But we had such a man, blast that with was, him. Yeah. That like for doing that and with that us show. was, uh, we were so, on, we were high after that. We were yeah. so right grateful. He's got a great story too. Man, such a great story. Great demeanor. Yeah. Super fun. Like just yeah. everything that, 
you would want to somebody to talk to, you know, you dug that, right. you dug that festival. Oh man. You know, it's, it was a, uh, that was the only time we ever played it. Um, I wish we had done more of them. It was a bitch for our crew. They fucking hated really? it just cause mm-hmm. you got to get the gear down into that bowl. Oh, yeah. that yeah. stages, And it's hard to get a truck down in there. I mean, logistically that gig is a nightmare. Right. Um, but what a cool venue once it's all set up. Yeah. You know, once the crew's done bitching about that, it was, we had a blast there and we played, yeah, that we, that that's a really cool place. Inside out. Yeah. We, that's like 25 minutes from our house. Oh really? Yeah. Right. It's, I've seen tons of stuff there. Fuck, it's the best. And seeing dark star in that bowl, man, on that night, yeah. I remember the du- the dust kicks up. They try to keep it watered down, but everybody boogies yeah. so much. I remember the d- dust just coming up when you guys came on, and it's weird too because that's, that's like a blend of the bluegrass and the kind of jam scene, right? And some people are a little tet, like like oh, I don't want to see a jam band, but you guys, yeah, that shut the hell displayed up. it, and everybody loved it, man. That was that was one of my favorite shows. Well, it probably doesn't hurt place. when you throw in a big river or me and my uncle yeah, or no, Mexicali because yeah, they true. can grab onto it, you know? you know. And then oh, they're not so bad after all. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Talking about venues, man, I'm I'm curious. Do you have favorites besides Red Rocks? Do you have ones that you look forward to going back to that you guys go venues? to? Venues, yeah, venues. Um, yeah, that's a good question. Um, I mean. A lot of it just based on history of mm. of of the whole me and the dead and the whole scene. Of course, I love going to the Cap in New York, the Capitol Theater oh, in yeah. Port Chester. Just so much history. Um, we just played at the Warfield a couple of weeks ago. Always a treat, you know. Um, personal favorites for other reasons. Um, I love going to New Orleans. We don't go enough. I just love playing in New Orleans. That's um, yeah. We we've never been. We got to get down there. I'm a big New Orleans music fan, so I just I love playing down there. Um, there, I, you know, a lot of it's, I like certain cities because for different reasons, I've also played a lot of golf on the road. So that comes into my <laughs> equation. Okay. Um, but as, as far as venues go, yeah, I mean, I just named some that we really like, um, that amphitheater we played in Bend, Oregon last year was unbelievable. Oh, is that, it Les Schwab? It's they change. It. Oh, like, no, the Cuthbert. No, 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 that's not a bend. Huge place by the river. Yeah, it used to be Les Schwab. Now it's Hayden Homes. Okay, yeah, the Hayden Homes. Yeah, that place is unbelievable. What a great venue. We Um, haven't been. We we wanted to go to the Kitchen Dwellers. Just play there the other night, and we wanted to go. Oh my god, the place is phenomenal. We set up, then I floated in the river on a tube for a couple hours, and came back and played the show. Oh Um, shit! You know, it was was awesome. (laughs) Uh, You know, so yeah, I have different places that I like. those are the first ones that come to okay. mind for so, me. I got a, I got a heady question for you. And, oh, no, and, and, you know, well, <laughs> That's what, what I just thought in my head. Like, oh no. We're t- oh. I mean, there's a lot of music out there, man. There's a lot of bands and there is something peculiar, particular and specific with the grateful dead that happens to people for whatever reason. And right. I've spent 30 plus years trying to figure out what the hell happened to me that night. I still can't figure it out. I don't know what it was. I just know that it was magic and it changed my life. What do you think? After, I mean, you you were a deadhead first, so you were exposed that way. You know, you got turned on and then started playing the music. So you've seen both sides of the fence. Yeah. Why is it the Grateful Dead music that does this particular thing to people? 
You know, uh, there's there's multiple answers for it. I think it's different for everybody, but mm. you know, there's and and um, for better or for worse, some of it's not musical. Some of it's scene related. You know, finding fellow yeah. travelers, finding people who might have been a little bit of outcasts like you are, and having this this place you can call home. You know, that's definitely part of it. Um, that wasn't that wasn't the reason for me. It was a, a happy byproduct of it, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, like I mentioned earlier, the lyrics. I mean, mm-hmm. God, fare thee well. Let your life proceed by its own design. What <laughs> else do you need to know? <laughs> Seriously. I mean that that's all you need to know. And um, uh, and there's so many other lyrics that are important too. But that's a huge part of it for me. You know, the lyrical content. Um, I think a band that never plays a song the same way twice that a show is never the same as another one that's another aspect of it and not only that these guys are going to go out there and take chances you know Mm -hmm. and it's not always going to work but they're trying to take a chance every night you know it's here's another cliche you know they're out there without a net Mm -hmm. um going for it and it's not always going to work same as us you know because when you're improvising that's the way it is i think music fans that are in the know respect the hell out of that i love when a a band i go see goes for it and blows it yeah it's great you know and and yeah i have to say jam band fans in general and grateful dead fans certainly are without a doubt the most forgiving audience in the world Oh yeah. yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, you could you could take a poop on stage. That was a great poop. You know, um, <laughs> I was at the poop, I was at the poop show. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, well, they're the most forgiving. They're the most forgiving fans in the world. And again, that's because they know what they're watching is without it. I gotta keep saying that. They know what they're watching is in the moment, and they're going for it, balls to the wall, and it may work and it may not, and they respect that. And then the last thing, the reason of that feeling is what I'm talking about there that relationship between the band and the, and, and, and and the fans, you know, most, yes, I know every band has a relationship with their fans, but it's on a very different kind of level. Yes. Than what the grateful dead fans have. So, you know, there's many reasons why people get that feeling. I'm sure there's more than I'm not getting to, you know, I remember the nomadic tribe that loves to travel. I want to be part of a nomadic tribe that That travels. That was me. I I was like, there's there's a lot of different reasons. Everybody has their own. One one for me too, that made an impression because he went for it to come over about over a year to get me to go to a show. I thought he'd lost his mind. And when we walked in, I didn't understand. I was like, what is all that shit down there? They encourage people to record their shows yeah. what and then the parking lot like they're all selling t-shirts of the band that, that that was unheard of with you know going to see acdc van halen iron maiden all the stuff i was going to back in the 80s and it was like this is dope they're like an, they're including everybody it's and they're encouraging ecosystem. you to be an artist and to do you know things yourself like playing in the band like it, it, it you're, just, you're a part of it man you're yeah, a part of it completely a part of it i was just like oh my god i didn't know this existed just like he was trying to tell me yeah come on man let's go yeah <laughs> all right rob i have a question uh-oh two songs favorite yeah. opener favorite closer oh jesus that's impossible. Why is it impossible? You play the music all the night, all the time. You you could. You're talking about you're talking about Grateful Dead songs. Yeah. And you're talking about to hear or to play because those are two to very play, different things. To play, to play, because yeah, to play. Um, 
favorite that opener. Makes you happy. Yeah. Question. Favorite opener and favorite closer. I'm going to go with the same song. The music never stopped oh, for both. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Oh, um, shit. That's, that's my favorite song in the world. Wow. That's a song that I could play every single night. Really? Um, that song describes everything about me and my feeling. The name of my podcast was The Music Plays the Band. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, which is straight out of that. Um, that, that That's just a happy song, man. Yeah. Yeah, and it, you a know, lot of different grooves to it. You know, it's it's a very complex song. It's a very fun song. It's uplifting, but it still has a pretty deep jam. So it really kind of encompasses, in my opinion, encompasses everything that the Grateful Dead does musically. Yeah, and it, it, it if you're paying attention, it really does describe the whole universe of it's Grateful everything. Dead. It's one, right there. It's one thing. <laughs> like here it is, baby. And and we're gonna give you the goods in this one too. Like, and that, I'll tell you that's what, great. Even twenty five years later, every single time we play that song, when we get to that line, people join in hand in hand while the music plays the band. Aww. My hair bowed and back of my neck stands up every time we get to that yeah, line. It's so good. It's so you know, good. and I, I shit you not, every single time. You know, a lot of times I don't even realize it. I'm playing with one hand and my stick is in the air when we get to that part. <laughs> <laughs> it's, just, it's 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 that's a big big emotional moment for me when we get to that part of that song wow you know one thing i love about deadheads is how thoughtful they are about music they i mean i would i mean if we're doing generalities most people that love the dead or enjoy the dead are very thoughtful about like you said lyrics or how a composition is put together or the placement in a set and that is not something that you find with, you know, like going to any other concert. I mean, yeah. Like, right. Right. Like people like want to talk about it. Like it was a movie that they just watched for, and it was, it is, but like that doesn't very happen like at a Bonnie Raitt concert or, <laughs> and I'm not, I love Bonnie Raitt. She's great. She's awesome. But you know what I'm saying? Like the, it brings out the inner, like, nerd the that inner inquisitive person that really loves to kind of dissect and go through the music and i just want to say thank you for doing that with us because i really appreciate hearing like what you've got to say on your end all of it the- right on. yeah my pleasure I, I, you know I, I i haven't been on this end so that's why i don't mind talking right now because i have nothing else to do <laughs> <laughs> we um, appreciate it so I'm much i'm never on this side of it you know for in a long form like this and for the last two years, I was on your side of it, being the person asking the questions, and, it is which cool. I loved, you know. But it's nice to be on the other side for a minute and and and, and get to just talk instead of having to think about what I'm going to say. Yeah, right? no shit. And <laughs> I want to go back to what you said about the lyrics, man. Like, me too. The lyrics are what did me in f- first. Yeah, I I walked in and they were playing "Feel Like a Stranger," and I was flabbergasted. I, I thought like, how is Bobby, how does he know? How does he know how I feel? How, how do they know what I'm looking at right now? They're and that's what you wouldn't get at a Bonnie Ray no, concert They're describing either, you know? wh- how, how I feel in this moment. And they, they're that's, talking to me. That's because John Barlow and Robert Hunter are two of the greatest American lyricists of all time. How, but what is that? Hunter, I don't know Bar- how. I, I hear what you're saying. I totally hear what fuck, you're saying, man. <laughs> I was, I'm, I'm, I was going through a really shitty breakup, a breakup that fucking sucked, and 
the first time I heard Black Throated Wind. And I'm from St. Louis. Oh, wow. And I'm like, holy fuck. I left St. Louis City of Blues and the Miss Western. You've done better with me than I've done by you. I was like, done. oh, my God. They wrote that song for me. <laughs> Dang. It's, it's yeah. wild. And, and what's even trippier than that is that hundreds of thousands of us have had that moment same moment with, with the same with, song that song different like, reasons. Different is that what you're gonna say yeah, yeah. man like <laughs> there's yeah. so many layers to that it's yeah. like you reached out into the multiverse and pulled moments in time out that apply to different people at different moments Everywhere. the same way everywhere forever. and <laughs> and going further different moments in their life with the same song that's yeah. another thing like you hear that song when you first get turned on and you're like oh my god you hear it 20 years later and you're like holy oh shit <laughs> you know but it may mean for you still may have that holy shit moment with that song but for a completely different reason Absolutely. as your life has evolved as it's you know as it's preceded by its own design yeah. <laughs> you um, could I mean, talk that's, that's the one lyric that just gets me the most yeah. i feel but like there's you know, and then when I was, when we were like living, I was living in the house with a bunch of hippies and, and smoking a ton of weed all the time. We we're all musicians. So they have a whole lot going on during the day, maybe waiting tables for three hours. And we had that, uh, that annotated Grateful Dead lyrics book. Oh, it's so good. You know? Oh my God. Well, now you can read it. Now it's not lyrics anymore. It's poetry. So let's really dig into it. You know, and, and, and you realize just how fucking good it is. Yeah. Yeah, man. And why I, I can't think mm, no i can't think of any other lyricist that even comes close of to those two i mean there's a couple Some, that are in the ballpark but those those guys are on a tier all by themselves many i i, I many people would say bob dylan i love dylan but i think it's a completely different plateau but I'm, you know what you. i'm, with you. I, I'm you, people either like or or hate or love bob dylan too yeah. And people can hate or love the Grateful Dead, but I'll I'll bet you if you listen to Grateful Dead lyrics with no music and and Bob Dylan's lyrics, there's you you can catch something always in a dead lyric. Yeah, always yeah, catch yeah, yeah. something in a dead lyric. Yeah, you know who else does that for me? And and maybe not with the Dylan stuff because it for for lots of different reasons. I don't want to get into that. Not that it's, it's amazing, but you yeah, know who he's else great. Is is a writer like that? I think is Leonard Cohen. Oh, you know, oh you, yeah. You, you know, you can read Leonard Cohen's music on sheet paper without the music and get meaning from it. Oh yeah. And then when you do hear it with the music, it becomes transformative. Yep. That's you know a, I mean? that's I, a good I, call, man. I, that's a good yeah. pull. I wouldn't, have, I you wouldn't know, have thought of that. Yeah. He's he's the first one that just came to mind for me would be, would be Leonard Cohen, you know, um, on a smaller level, maybe a guy like John Prine, same kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but none of them, none of them are Hunter and Barlow, you know, and there never will be. Those two were, I mean, it just spilled, just spilled out of them. Yep. And it's you know? this enduring legacy now that is just it's part of the great American songbook now. It's crazy. Yeah. It's just, and it's touch up one of our favorite things is seeing like the, like the younger, like the kid seeing that it's in good hands with a lot of these bands up and coming oh yeah and not just the bands we have we know we we become friends with a lot of very young people you know late teens early 20s and have we grandpa yeah yeah yes we have (laughs) Uh, so so, but one of my favorite things and aaron we were commenting one time like seeing them being the stats nerds 
that like we were back in the day and like now they like know more than us because it's fresh and they're learning like like they can call it you know they did this song that this is the third time they did it at right. this venue and they know and it's like I oh, holy that. shit they fight they and really so care old, and i they forgot everything it. i ever learned from <laughs> yes. yeah yeah it's, it's it's flying out at this point we it's had like, we had this this young cat over the house on new year's eve and uh we have the the picture of jerry up in our living room framed of him in copenhagen where he's standing at the beach with the leather jacket on and uh yeah He's like, do you guys know where that was taken? And I was like, yeah, it's Copenhagen. We got started talking and uh, the closing of Winterland uh, Morning Dew came up and he was like, do you guys know the story of the the Winterland Morning Dew? And we're like, no. He's like, yeah, Jerry played half of that song with his back to the audience with tears streaming down his face. And I was like, what the fuck? I never heard that before. So these guys are just totally immersed Kids, 22 yeah. years old, man. <laughs> that's 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 and that's why this music's never gonna die because there's people out there like that yeah and the only reason there's people out there like that is because the music's so fucking good yeah and also the only reason there's people out there like that is because there's people out there like you guys yeah, well, come on, we got to bring it back too. around. You, we got to bring it back around, and you know, we got to get Dino yeah, on see, now. I, <laughs> I so appreciate that. I never think of it that way. It's I mean, true. I just, I, I, and I, and it, you know, and I do appreciate that. And and, and you're, you're right. Without sounding, God, not trying to sound full of myself, no, you're man. right. Um, I just, you know, I, I never think about that in that regard. I know we're turning people onto it, and that's huge. You know. Um. Yeah, I guess so. They hear us, and then they go listen to it for real, and then they start digging in and doing their homework, and they learn all that's, that. Yeah, you know what, on. Rob? That's Pretty good cool. that you don't think about it like that when you're up there, because that's another fucking distraction. It's another like thing that you've got to think of, and you're just doing your thing, just the same way the dead were doing their thing. They weren't sure. trying to turn on people; they were playing their fucking music around the country, and that's what they were doing. You're right. Um, you're hundred percent in, in my defense at that same time, I'll look out there and we might be playing a song. It's, you know, something rare, cosmic Charlie doing that rag, something that they didn't play. And I'll see like a teenager who knows all the words to that. And I'll just be like, fuck, fuck yeah, yeah, man. Yep. Yep. Those are the kids you know, I love it dancing. It blows me shows, out of the yeah. water when I see that. And then that's not because of us. That's because they're doing their homework and listening to yeah, it. That's and then they get to come out and hear us play it live and, and they're getting off and they're happy. And I was like, that kid knows it. That's so cool. I've seen parents with their kids out there and the 10 year old knows all the words to a bunch of songs. I was like, that kid's got cool parents. <laughs> you know? That's the coolest kid at Good the job. elementary school. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, right. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's, 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 you know, we could go on all day. It's just, it's so it's huge. It's bigger than itself. It's so important. It's not just music. It's a, it's not even just a subculture. It's Mm-mm. especially now with everybody who's wearing steal your faces all over oh the place. Gosh. That's a whole nother, whole nother target and Walmart um, steelies. All, I, I've seen them plenty of times. <laughs> Hell, Dolly Parton was wearing one the other night. I love Dolly, but it was just, you know, Dolly Parton's wearing a steal your face shirt. Um, that's a whole nother story. Yep. Um, it's just, it, but again, the fact that pop culture is grabbing onto it now. Yeah. Like it or not, that's a testament to how big and how good and how important it is as well. Yeah. And I don't give oh, a yeah. shit how people find out about it. Find out about it. And then as long as they're really it. listening to it and, and they're not just wearing one. the clothes because yeah. it's trendy. Yeah. Well, no, I'll too. tell you this. I went to the Levi's store the other day. Oh, this is funny. I I knew this person 
had never, ever listened to or seen the dead. But they had this jean jacket. I'm talking about like patches everywhere. But they were perfectly sewn on. They weren't ripped. They weren't shredded. And I was like, oh, hey, you like the dead? And he's like, uh, yeah, no, uh, I've never heard. I've never heard of the dead. Um, I was like, really? And he's like, well, Jerry, but, and I was like, so you've never like gone to a concert or listen? He's like, no, is it good? And I was just what? like, what? I, it like blew my mind. It blew my mind. He was wearing like, all oh, the, it, I mean, it's, you, it's if you would have, thing. Yeah, it was, okay. it's a trendy thing now, yeah. man. People who, and, and, you know, and they're, and the licensees that are putting it out there, some of the stuff are ridiculous, yeah. high fashion, making a lot of money. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. a, it's a whole, it's a, you know, a, for better or for worse, it's a brand now. Yeah. yeah. And, it, and let's afforded us to do what we're doing that's true. and you too. Right. Like it, I'm pretty damn lucky. I'm yeah, yeah man. So, It'd be nice well, if that guy in the jean jacket was coming to a show and getting turned on. <laughs> Mel's I, I, I did. I did. I said, Hey man, if they ever come to your town, you really need to go. And he was like, oh, I'll check it out. I'll check yeah, it out. Sure. I doubt that he'll check it out, but it's in his head. You know what I mean? It's in his head somewhere. Cause if he it's got turned, I mean, it's just great to see. I, I was a late bloomer. I did. I wasn't doing no touring or and nothing. I've never seen Jerry. I've never seen the original band. I got turned on with further and, you know, um, rat, dog. rat dog and you guys and stuff like that. So I am kind of like one foot in one foot out kind of a thing. Right. I, I see it for what it is. And I see like the connection and the synchronicity and the, the weight that this, um, entity like brings with it to every city but at the same time i wasn't a part of it and so i see the other side the culture side that's kind of looking on the inside and it's a trip it's very for somebody who's like you know doesn't know anything doesn't have a friend who's into it for them to go into that scene it's intimidating yeah it is yeah dude it is scary (laughs) like what is that we gotta be brought in with the right person yeah you do and they got to be seeing the right thing. It's like when you're talking about turning on a kid, you can turn them on, but it's really important to play them the right things first. Yep. Yeah. That's what all the heads that, that, that took me to my first show did. We, we spent four or five months before I ever even went to a show listening to the acid tests and listening to old 68 yeah. dead. And then I went to a show. You know, if you turn, if you go play the, for one of these eight, nothing, not to denigrate the Grateful Dead, but if you take a 92, 93, 94, 95 show and make that some kid's first time hearing the Grateful Dead, oh. it isn't going to pull them in. Nope. Yeah. You know no, what I mean? No. You got to play them the right thing. For yeah, sure. For sure. And, and maybe Dark Star does that. Maybe you're right. You do. Yeah, you for do, sure. man. You know, Rob, last thing. I don't think that you stating what you're doing is like, you know, you know, giving your, pumping yourself up or anything. It's factual. It really is. And I know sometimes it's hard to take, you know, the attention or the accolades, but it's really, it's just true. It's not to beef you up or whatever. Sometimes you just don't hear it that way because you're, you know, you hear the applause and you hear the the clapping and all the the happiness, but sometimes you don't hear the words of what you're truly doing. And it's true. It really is true. I appreciate that very much. Yeah. Um, I just, I want to put my voice out there and let you know that you are. I I, I appreciate that. You know, and I try much harder to do that now. The bottom line is i selfishly i play music for myself first that's why it's badass the reason i play music is to to i'm going to use the word groove but that's not really collaborate Mm -hmm. with other musicians 
especially when it's improvisational and feed my heart and feed my soul and feed my Jones. That's why I play music. You know, the fact that there's people that really dig it, like a good living doing it is just a real byproduct of it. And I mean, I can go play whatever, just a kick drum and a snare drum in a bar here. And musically speaking, you know, fundamentally, soulfully speaking, be just as happy because I'm still playing for myself, mm, you know? Yeah. So that's why I had to remember to look at the fans yeah. and remember to start grooving on that because first and foremost, I'm there selfishly. I'm there to play music for me. And, and, and that's, what, that's what I do and what I love and what feeds my heart and my soul. And that's what you know? we're digging on, man. And, and when we all do that thing together, that's where the magic happens. And it, yeah, it, man, and I can't wait dope. to get out there. The day we play is going to be a, it's a really interesting back to skull and roses. And then I'll let you go. Yeah, I know yeah. you're holding, I'm holding you up. No, we're um, this, we're at home. Just the way the lineup worked out that day mm-hmm. is really, really nuts on a personal level for the band, but especially like for me and Dino, um, the Beam Brothers, Eric's playing that day. Okay. So there's one. There's a band playing that day from Santa Cruz called the China Cats. Okay. Um, that the guitar player Scott Cooper went to high and I went to high school together here in St. Louis. Um, and I've recorded some stuff solo stuff with him or something. Recorded on some of his solo stuff during COVID. Like recorded at my house, he'd send tracks. Okay. They're playing that day. Um, there's a band from Dallas, Texas called Forgotten Space playing that day. Uh, the drummer in that band, he and I went to music school together in St. Louis and are very, very good friends. He was the drummer in a band where Dino, the other drummer in Dark Start, was the guitar player back in the 80s in St. Louis. Um, so it's like all our friends are playing. We're all playing on the same day. Oh, I can't wait. You know, See the synchronicities again. connections oh. that day. <laughs> Um, so I imagine one of those bands will play Black Throat or Wind because there's a shitload of that day. Are we going to get a, a music never stop to that day? I don't know what we're doing that day, you know, because I'm hearing that the stage is a little bigger this year, that the turntable is going to be a little bigger. Yeah, it's moved so to the flat side. It's important, you know, hopefully we're going to be able to fit two drum sets up there and do something different than we did last year. That'd be cool, dope. Man. Hell, yeah. That'd be after so the turntable, even if we, I mean, we were doing the Europe 72 thing anyway, but even if we had wanted to, we would have had to do a one drummer because the turntable was very small. Right. Right. You know, so um, I understand it's being done a little different. So I think we're going to be able to do a two, two drummer show, which means yes, there's a very good chance you'll get a music. Never stop that. Uh, I I would love to, if you, if you can, if not, it's cool, man. If you have like five or 10 minutes when you're there, I'd love to, to say hi to you. Dude, we're going to have, fuck, man. We're going to have like 11 hours. Oh, okay. shit. Okay. Right. So we'll say last, hi from, uh, the, from year, the audience. <laughs> that was a that was a tough part of it last year, you know, because when, you know, hardest, easy job shit again. Yeah. When you're the headliner that day, you're the first one to set up. Oh, shit. Okay. Um, especially, and you're, there's there's pros to it also. You're the only band to get a sound check. Because you're set up first. Yep. And you get, can get a sound check okay. in. But. And we had just flown in for just that show and we're doing it again. We're just flying in for that show. Um, so we had to load in at like eight in the morning Oof. and we sound checked at 11, but we had all checked out of our hotels because we were driving straight back to LA after the show to catch flights the next morning. So we were done at 11 AM and we didn't play at all 8 PM. And there was just like a barn room way in the back of the property that they had set up for us this giant room with like three couches and some catering and sat in there all day. I went down and hung out with the Bean brothers for a few hours, took a walk, but we, 
we were done at 11 and we didn't play till eight. So we had nine hours to sit there and do nothing. I'll tell you so what, man. I, I'll, uh, plenty of time to hang out. I look okay. forward to it. It's <laughs> yeah, so I'll send, I'll send you um, my phone number through the email. Yeah, for sure, man. And then uh, just hit me up, man. And I'd love to sit down with you for a few minutes. Give you, yeah, man, I'll trade it back when you do. And um, why don't you actually, I'll trade it back to you. If you can remember, it'd probably be easier. Yeah. 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 I'll trade it right back to you. And then you hit me up that day. You got it. Where you at? I'll be, I'm guaranteed I'll be around and have some time. See, man, I knew, I mean, we've always known that Dark Star Orchestra was special and cool. And like talking to Matson and talking to Baracko, I we got a glimpse into who's behind the music but even now more like what sweet people man well especially getting to talk to the young whippersnapper of the band <laughs> but, you know the youngie, <laughs> youngie wet behind the ears <laughs> I, lo- I love those though the way he like 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 I'm not gonna name any name like, like he, the, he, that was great man that was really enjoyable Rob I hope you know podcaster. how much we enjoyed it yeah he's a great like yeah conversationalist he's great I, I he was really fun. I had a really good time. He made me he made my soul happy. Look, I'm sure if you're listening to this that you already know about Dark Star Orchestra. If you don't, then now you do. Um find it, out yeah. about it. I, that um I've actually listened to that 2018 Red Rock show of theirs. It is freaking phenomenal. I gotta go back. I gotta go find that on YouTube. Yeah, I want to find see that. that. Oh, it's you're right. Really up there. You're right. Apple, it'd be better to watch. Um, but yeah, it, here's the thing with Skull and Roses. Like, if you're sitting at home and and you see that and you think to yourself, "Man, that's you know four and a half days of Grateful Dead stuff," and uh every band is different. Every band has their own interpretation of what this music is. You're not going to, like he said, you're not going to hear the same songs over and over again. You're going to experience what the community is like because it really is good old Grateful Dead family at this thing. This isn't um, the kid at at the Levi store wearing the jean jacket showing up at Skull and Roses. This is people that really love the Grateful Dead and are steeped in the, the life. So being, being kind of dirty, and, and that's what I, one thing I loved about it. it, it it's a dirt racetrack, and it's kind of dirty and gritty. It's old. It feels old. Yeah. It is old. It's not, you know, it's not dead and company in an arena or something. No, no, it, this is, this is. And, and that with the, all the artists, like, I love that he said that at being in a, being in Dark Star Orchestra was like, oh, we're going in there. It's like, oh, how many times do I want to hear Cassidy in one weekend? But he realized, like we did after our first year, that the catalog is so huge. De- Grateful Dead has such a huge catalog. They dig in there and they find things and try to pick stuff out that, that nobody else that is gonna nobody pick. else is going to play, and that maybe a lot of people haven't heard or haven't at least heard in a while, and, at least being played live. And like the first year that we went, like the Higgs doing a forty-five minute. Yeah, just playing in the band. Like they played one song for their set and killed it. And yeah. So you're going to see stuff that you've never seen before and you're going to hear things that you've never heard before. Just because it's all Grateful Dead music just means that they're playing from the same songbook. It doesn't mean they're playing the same songs. And there really is no other festival that I can think of that encapsulates and encompasses the universe of the Grateful Dead better than Skull and Roses. Yeah, no. there's nothing like 
there's nothing like skull and roses. And truly, if you are a dead head, if you are a Grateful Dead fan, if you kind of like their music, this is the place to be because they're unless you're going to a concert to see dead and company or one of your local dead cover bands, you're not going to see anything like this. I've, no. I've never heard of it. This is, this is where you can go to be immersed in the world. Like yeah. not just putting your toe in the water. This is swimming all the way in the deep end of the pool. And it's, beautiful and it, and it keeps getting bigger and better like this year what i mean they bring people from all over the country and now they're bringing latin dead oh my god i'm so excited the 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 band from japan the, those two, oh yeah the latin dead and the japan um uh cover band i'm most excited about and boomerang those three boomerang Boomerang or Boombox. Boombox, Boomerang. Boom, like Boomerang. They're from Australia. And they're bringing, <laughs> they're bringing down our local band, the Garcia Bird That's Baby right. Band. It's going to be playing on 420. Man. So, yeah, go to skullandroses.com. You can get your tickets. They're on sale now. And hey, guess what? 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 Bet you didn't know this. Dead. What? No Simple Road is going to be podcasting from Skull and Roses. We sure are. Yes. yes. <laughs> We're going to be there hanging out. So you get to meet us too. Um, if you can't go to skullandroses.com for whatever reason, you can just go to our website and click on the picture there of Skull and Roses and it will take you through to a link to buy tickets and then you can come hang out with us and everybody else and your whole Grateful Dead family and you get to see Dark Star Orchestra and it's going to be so much fun and two nights of Phil and Otila and friends. Oh my God, I hope they get to have two drummers. Oh, I know, right? So yeah. Go to nosimpleroad.com. You can get No Simple Road merch there. You can get a tarot reading with the Grateful Dead tarot deck from Mel and I, a one-hour reading. Yep, you can sign up at nosimpleroad.com. And I think the Grateful Dead tarot ladies will be back there as well. I think it's, that might It's be not confirmed, but it's it might be. That's a, that's a salacious rumor that has yet to be <laughs> confirmed. Um, you We're can rooting for it, though. Go to patreon.com forward slash nosimpleroad. That is where you can support No Simple Road financially. We have completely revamped our patreon there is all kinds of incentives up there like ad free episodes early access uh side roads which is a, a series that we're doing there with our producer Corey. and if you sign up for more five dollars or more a month you get access to the discord server all kinds of cool shit going on at patreon.com forward slash no simple road best thing you can do for no simple road though is tell somebody that you love that you like the show and that they should listen to it Word of mouth is the way that we spread the mycelial network of No Simple Road family. And thank you guys for listening to the show. We love you. Yep. We yeah. love you. So is that it, folks? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's it. Come I, join us at Skull and Roses and that's it. All right. So until next time, remember, smile at a stranger, safety third, hydrate. Kiss, kiss a baby. Put on sunscreen. <laughs> wash your ass. And remember, the well, music never stops. That's true. And vitamin D. Oh, hell yeah.
dwellers of fear. We've traveled this road before, so we may think. But it's a tad bit of strange similarities that feed an A equal A complex. The fears of your past do not equal the perplexities of the current road. I want to tell you about the April-May 2023 issue of Relics Magazine. It features a Dave Matthews Band cover story with additional articles and interviews with The National, Graham Nash, Wayne Shorter, ALO, Ivan Neville, our friend Eric Krasno and Stanton Moore, Marty Stewart, and much more. Check out the latest version of Relics and subscribe now at relics.com DMB. Thanks, Relics. Hey everyone, it's Cam Hurt, host of the Best Show Ever podcast, and we have got a second season coming out very soon that I am very excited about. We've got some very cool special guests, including musical acts that we all love, like Karina Reichman, Daniel Donato, Jake Brownstein from Eggy, Rick and Peter from Goose, and many more. Tune in for new episodes dropping on Osiris Media March 5th on the Best Show Ever podcast.